Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cinema Hangover, where three completely unqualified individuals drink and talk about movies. My name's Taylor. I'm Shannon. And I'm Oliver. And today we're talking about, oh, I think I've been saying we've been talking about special movies every single time. True. All movies are special. special in some ways. I think I use that word too much. Okay, this is a special movie. It is. In that, it, in that it, it's 2014 uh, Boyhood by Richard Linklater. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's basically set over the course of 12 years following a boy as he grows up. Mm-hmm. And it's set in 12 actual years with the same actors. And it's just kind of the pitfalls of what comes with growing up. Right. True. Yeah. I think that's like kind of the best synopsis I can give. Yeah. No, that's a good way to know to set the and, uh, premise. Go and forward. We have a yeah. Pretty fitting drink as well for this. <laughs> oh yeah. So I decided to choose a fun beer. It is a gummy bear beer. I just felt <laughs> it fit for this movie. Um, it's made by Kenai River Brewing Company. Me and Oliver, I've actually had this before, and normally we don't get growlers when mm-hmm. we go to breweries, but for some reason we just had to get this. It's a weird, fun beer, so that's what we're drinking today. Yay! And so this movie, it's starring, it's, it's, I mean, its main star, his name is L.R. Coltrane. His name is Mason. His name is actually Coltrane? Col- Coltrane, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. it's just my to fucking his parents, <laughs> he's, got, he's got divorced, or I don't know if they were ever to... Married. Oh no, they're divorced. Split parents. Yeah, they're divorced. Parents uh, played by Ethan Hawke, who is Mason Senior, and I actually didn't even know that he was senior. Really? Oh yeah, I did. The first time I watched this, second time I picked up on it. Oh yeah. Um, and then his wife or ex-wife is Patricia Arquette, who is in Shannon's show. She grew up with Medium. 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 Hey, that's what I'm wondering. Like, Um, why does she look so familiar? Oh hey. And Mason has a an older sister, Mm. um, and it's how old. Was he when this starts, do you think? So he's, he was probably... So it's over the course of 12 years. He's, he's probably five. When this movie starts? Five or six. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because I think he's almost... He's eight, at least 18 when it ends, right? Yeah, so and yeah, five or six, yeah. Years, so yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, And his sister's name is Samantha. And a little fun fact for you two, I don't know if you know this. Do you know who she's played by? She looks familiar. No, she probably doesn't. Really? Yeah, she's played by Richard Linklater's actual daughter. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Yep, uh, Laura Lorelei Linklater. Huh. Pretty interesting. And what I don't know if it's Linklater or Linklater. I'll just keep saying Linklater. But yeah, it's huh. his actual daughter. I guess she just has a familiar face. That is on interesting. Yeah. I thought that that was kind of interesting. Yeah. That's cool. And I think that this movie, <clears throat> just like starting right off the bat, mm-hmm. um, I think that this movie is is like a definitely a. Special movie. Shannon's smiling. I just have to say it. I'm just going to say it, and Oliver's going to be mad that I'm just jumping in, but I fucking love this movie. Oh. I fucking <laughs> love this movie with everything in my soul. Why do you love this movie? Oh, I could just go on for days about it. Oh, it's my just God. That's like, so good. <laughs> I, I think what makes it really special is, mm-hmm. like Oliver said, it's filmed throughout the course of 12 years, and mm-hmm. I don't think that this movie would be as good if it wasn't. Because no, you get to see the actual you people get to grow s- up. You get to see For the real. actual people yeah. grow up, and you get to see actual shit that was going on during that time. Like yeah. little things, like the soundtrack, like the popular songs at that time, the clothing, oh, like the, the cl- some of the clothing that they had, like I had oh, growing no, up or my yeah, mother had yeah. growing lot, up. There are like, a lot of things in this movie that hit, like, so I have, like, multiple questions with this movie more so for the table than I mm-hmm. do for, like, the director. But yeah. it it's, I, this movie feels like 
made for me and probably for everyone at the same yeah. sense of like it is exactly the time frame that I grew up in. So yeah, it's like yeah, like, for real. And there was so many moments, so I have a ton of notes, but like one of them is just like one of the first shots you see in the beginning of the movie is he's like five or six and he's watching Dragon Ball Z mm-hmm. on his tube television. I immediately was like, oh my gosh, it's Dragon yes! Ball Z. There's so got, many moments like that that yep. you're like, oh my gosh, like just even little things like him going out and riding his bike in the neighborhood and mm-hmm. his sister coming to find him to tell him that dinner's ready. Yep, like yep. kids just don't do that anymore. Kids don't yeah. understand that anymore. Like yeah. there's, Oh, there's so much. There's a scene where, and I like literally laughed so hard at the scene. And today me and Oliver rewatched it and I made him rewind so I could record it and send it to my mom. <laughs> Samantha, which is the sister. Mm-hmm. Wakes up and hits Mason with a oh, pillow yes. and starts singing Britney Spears. <laughs> Oops, I did it again. Oops, I did it again. And mm-hmm. then he's getting pissed off, telling her to stop. And stop. then she throw he throws a pillow at her, but beds, she's yeah. still singing. <laughs> the mom walks in and she just starts fake crying. Like, he hit me. And that to a T was me and my brother. Like we had the bunk beds. We had me fucking singing Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. Him. Throwing a pillow, or I, not even throwing a pillow, and me being like, he hit me, and I'm yep, just yep, faking yep. it. I had those exact same Spider-Man pajamas, <laughs> with, like the, the web armpit, like it had like the web that connected your. Are arm you serious? That was the thing. Arm. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it was super. Dude, cool. that's fire. Super cool, but like, the the point is, is that mm. I don't know how they did it in the sense of like, I don't know if if maybe our childhoods, and I don't know if your childhood is the same way, but mm. like, uh, I don't know if they just. It's super authentic to the time, or yeah. if or if L- Richard Linklater just has like a feeling for what is going to like have lasting power or like influence mm. people. And the reason I say that is because he makes a lot of very intentional choices in what he shows on screen mm-hmm. that is hyper euphoric. Mm-hmm. And it it wouldn't like there has to be awareness that Linklater has where he has to kind of know <clears throat> what is going to be, like, relevant in years or, like, what is going to stick. Because there's just so much in this movie that I feel like he focuses on that just is, like, still resonates and is euphoric for people well, maybe, that grew up in that time. Maybe the biggest element that helped him was, as you mentioned earlier, was that his daughter is actually one of the stars in the film. Mm-hmm. Maybe because he was actively raising her during that time and also helping guide the other young child actor, he just talk to them and as being a parent you're attentive to these things so he's like oh hey this is cool let me just add it in so yeah. maybe during the course of the films or the filming of this he was just attentive to these things and maybe he also well, talked I'm, to other kids too and just I'm like sure figured that, it out i'm sure that he had had to have been yeah, yeah. <clears throat> there's like i mean the things that he will he'll he'll show like he'll do a shot of like the little tw- orb 20 questions thing oh, that like, yeah. everybody had Mm-hmm. Like, I loved a, that thing. They'll do like a shot of that. <laughs> or, the like game a, boy. or the Game Boy. Game or boy. the like, Oregon Trail game on the uh, first Matt. like Apple Mac. Yeah. Ugh. Or playing like, like split screen Halo. Dude, yeah, that shit was split fire. Split screen Halo. The Game Boy SP. Like he, but Ooh. he does like it's not just like in the background. It's like he he'll like show it on camera. Right. He'll like take a moment to show the things that are happening, or like the iPod in the iHome dock mm-hmm. that's like at that. Right. House. Like things that. In the moment, I don't know if you know it's going to stick the way that it does. But well, still... it is. But I wonder if it's because, like, and maybe maybe it's just I grew up in this time, so I think this way. Maybe other people, other generations think this too. Mm-hmm. But I do think the generation that we grew up on in is kind of special because we share, like, you know, going out and, like, 
playing and not having video games and not Mm -hmm. having internet to then like quickly having internet and like having all of those like technology things that other people didn't. So I just like, I don't know if I'm making sense, but we like, we grew up in a very weird time that we like didn't have that. And then we did have it, have it versus like the new generations Mm -hmm. have only no technology yeah, and the old generations never had that. So yeah, I'm sure that like when he was making this film, those little things started to become popular. And from him being from an older generation was like, this is just crazy. Like mm-hmm. they have Game Boys. They have yeah, yeah. like Halo. Like it was probably just crazy things to him. Well, I bet even when he was growing up, he had a very similar transitional period. It's like, I bet he grew up like what? In like 60s, 70s and 80s type of deal. So that would be the period where a lot of transitionary stuff happened. And this almost makes me think, because a lot of this is at the turn of the century. We grew up during the turn of the century, thinking back a hundred years prior you know, it's a bit of a wider stretch, but going from like horse carriage to freaking cars, you're like, right. fuck, that's a huge transition. Right. So yeah. it's kind of similar, but much more of a condensed time frame. It just, it just feels like there's like definitely a level of awareness though. Oh yeah. As well. It, it's, there could have been shots of all sorts of other things that just probably wouldn't be as nostalgic for us. Right. Yeah. It would be interesting. We bought the Criterion collection of this movie and there is a documentary on, how the movie was made, um, a part of that film that we bought. Um, it would be interesting to watch that because, like, how was this film? Did he just like film a bunch of like little random well, things and, and inco- thing, to like incorporate that into yeah. sure the did. movie well, the, the when he did is, edit it in twenty fourteen? Well, like, I think the crazy thing is, is that when he's when you're putting together this movie, which has to be like hours upon hours, it must have been an undertaking. Footage, yeah, um, when you put this together. If you're missing something that you need from when he's, you know, Mason is five years old, you can't get that. It's well, right. That level of planning and that level of like foresight that you have to be but, able to have must be insane. But he's also filming in the <clears throat> era that it's being shot in. So well, right. and so that's, it's like you that's have why have... I love it so much, though. Like it's, it's just so authentic. It's, right. But I mean, what I'm kind of what I'm saying is you you can I can only imagine that you can plan loosely, but you can't really plan because if things change or if like I wonder how much he had actually actively revised in terms of outline of the story because of different things that were happening. Fun fact about Richard Linklater is that he is a self-taught writer and and director. Oh, that's awesome! Oh, that's He's awesome. He's also the director of the Before Trilogy, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that explains... Okay, because I was about to say, the fact that Ethan Hawke was involved in such similar mm-hmm. projects, I was like, really, is that... Okay, there, there's that common thread. Yeah. Okay. And I think I think for me, it's... it. This movie, it's... it's. I know it's cliche to say, but it's definitely more about the journey than it is, like, the destination. Oh, like, for sure. Not, this is literally, like, a like, journey-type movie. Yeah, yeah. And which is kind of what all of his movies... Yeah, like, the so the Before Trilogy, trilogy are, is the same it, way. It's not really mm. about... This big finale, There's no big, big conclusion. Plot, like, it's just mm-hmm. kind of this journey, and it's just it gives me this this feeling. I was talking to my buddy about it that other movies just don't, and that it's like yes, it's euphoria, but it's also just there's like a warmth to the movie mm-hmm. movies that he makes. Like it's just things feel all a little bit lighter. It's so relatable. I think everybody. I think can a lot. Of oh people. yeah. I was so the first time that we watched it. Obviously, I was just fucking grinning ear to ear just because of all the little things that, like, oh my god, I had that growing up. Oh yeah, my yeah, god, yeah. I did that. Mm-hmm. But this second time around, I was like texting my mom, and I was like, "Mom, I even think that sh- you would enjoy this movie because yeah. my mom was a single mom trying to mm-hmm. raise kids, and mm-hmm. like 
she could probably relate to the mother's character. Oh, yeah, for she, sure. I mean, she had relationships like that, too. Mm-hmm. And so I do think a lot of people could get something out of this movie. Well, yeah. And I think it speaks to Linklater's ability in his like in his writing, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. In that, and that, again, I was talking to my buddy about this, like, I don't think that you have to live the exact life that Mason lives or Samantha lives or her, their parents live to glean something from it. Like, it's, right. these characters are relatable. Like, you can get something from every character even if you aren't in that same stage of life right. or you haven't gone through the same things. Right. I mean, I didn't go through the exact, you know, upbringing situation that Mason did, but mm-hmm. um, there's tons of things that spoke to me mm-hmm. in the oh, yeah. movie. And I think that... Everybody could watch it, and everybody in your different stage of life and upbringing could get something different. I mean, I could oh, see, sure. I could see, like you said, I could see your mom relating to the mother character. I could see us as parents relating mm-hmm. to, you know, mm-hmm. eventually being parents could relate mm-hmm. to the mother character, father, father figure. Like, it's, it's something that Linklater's movies do, which is really brilliant. Like, same thing in the, the Before trilogy, in that, like, it, in different stages of life. The movie kind of the movies kind of change with the different stages mm-hmm. of life that you're in, mm-hmm. and I think in this movie, what's really interesting is it's all through the perspective of the kids the whole time. So right. you're not led into things that they wouldn't necessarily know. Right. So there's a lot of scenes where they like step into conversations or situations that are already happening, mm-hmm. and you don't know all the context. But us as adults, we're we like, understand oh, it. Shit. Yeah. Oh shit! This is an abusive relationship, <clears throat> right. or oh my god, this guy's an alcoholic, or yeah. whatever it might be. But they don't have that information. And if you were a kid, in watching they're, this movie, they're just snapshot moments. Yeah, right. They probably wouldn't pick up on it either. What I thought was kind of cool that like it was from the kid's perspective, and I mean, Oliver, I've talked about this before, like how scary it is to raise a kid because like the smallest thing or something that you don't even think would affect them does affect them. And they mm-hmm. carry that forever. And there's a point in the movie where. Samantha meets up with her dad for the first time in like a year and a half mm-hmm. and is like, oh, yeah, I remember when you and mom were fighting and mom was in tears and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, you remember that? But do you remember when we did this and this and this? Like, like do you remember like all the good and, stuff? Yeah. And Ooh. she's like, no. Like I'm, she remembers the bad things. Like those things do stick with kids. And right. I do think it's cool that that was also brought up because a lot of kids in split home families, that, that does affect them. And I don't think the parents always like think that oh so yeah it's kind of cool that that was mentioned to that point there was another scene that actually relates just to that exact moment where mason is and samantha are with the family that mason senior has so this is much later on he's like 15 years old uh his biological father has remarried and has a new kid so they have a like a new family mm-hmm. and as they're driving out the father mentions that he that sold his old GT. Car, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he sold his old GT. He, he prior, and, he had driven in this like muscle car. Yeah, that was like this cool car. He was like and, this bachelor guy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And Mason's upset because he tells him that years ago, at a particular point, when he was hanging out with a friend of his, he'd said that he was going to give him that car when he was 16. Right. And his dad's like, I don't remember that at all. And for that moment distinctly hit me because there have been same. plenty of times where it's like, there's a moment I remember distinctly, like verbatim what happened. Yeah. And the parents are like, I don't remember that shit at all. It's like, <laughs> what the well, fuck? The, and, the same, and the same thing, there's like, uh, I mean, I, there's all sorts of things that I remember in my, my childhood that are just like passing moments that my parents don't remember. Exactly. Like, yeah. Ge- like changed who I was right. as a person. Mm-hmm. And that's like terrifying, but also really interesting like, as yeah. a parent. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's just, yeah, it's really interesting that this movie could capture that. I think one of the things that, I appreciate about this movie and there's a lot of subtleties that are that particular moment in of itself. It showcases the differences of perspective 
of any particular moment and how, as you just mentioned, can change a person's experience. Like for one, a particular moment is just a passing just thing. For another, they, they carry it with them so, for years. Right. So that kind of, that thought kind of connects me to what I was going to say next mm-hmm. in that what I find really interesting, I mean, one of the many things, right, that I right. find really interesting about this movie is that it is a series of moments. It's, mm-hmm. it's, But it's a series of moments, but it's not necessarily a series of, like, the biggest moments that happen in his life. Right. In fact, it almost seems like the movie is not interested at all in sharing the big moments. You don't see graduations. You don't see huge moments in the life. You just kind of see in-between moments. Right. Ooh. Yeah, like That's you don't actually good see, way like, even at the end when he does graduate, it's you see post graduation. Yeah. You don't see the yeah. actual moment of him graduating. You don't see um, Mason Senior's new get a new wife and get a new no. wife pregnant. Like right. you see the after where Cooper's see, just there. You don't see um, you, uh, her. I guess it would be her second husband or third husband. You don't see him them get divorced and all that fallout. Right. He's just one scene he's there and then the next scene he's gone and they're just like talking about it. Like, you know, um, which is so um, crazy. Like this movie is like, it has a scene and then it like cuts on that scene and then it's just like a new stage in life. And, right. Like, so much has passed, but it also doesn't feel like a whole lot's passed. Yeah. And it's, it's just crazy how they do that. But it's also crazy because in the end, the mom and even Mason Jr. talks about like just life in general and how it like moves so fast and like what's the point of everything. And it's mm-hmm. like this movie kind of portrays like how fast you grow up and how well, this, fast stuff this happens. Mom, yeah, this uh, the mom like has like a moment towards the end where he's like moving to college or whatever it is and she like kind of freaks out yeah. about it. Because, and I'm sure most parents do. She's like, I've been this my whole life has been kind of I forget how exactly she says it, but basically like my whole life has been in servitude of you and it's like I've been doing all these things right and you just kind of glaze through it. Now you're gone. Now you're ready to leave. Can can we sit on that can I sit on that for a moment? Because I thought that was definitely a very poignant scene and I actually um, found out that I believe uh, Patricia what's her last name? Arquette. She either was nominated and actually won an Academy Award for supporting actress for this movie. Oh, really? Which which is pretty fire because definitely deserves it. Because that was actually a really calling moment in that movie because throughout the course of the film, one of the things I noticed that was starkly different between how, at least from my own initial experience of watching like mothers and movies, oftentimes when a mother is going through like a difficult like experience, like whether she's a single mother, whatever the case may be, there's always a level of, I guess heavy resilience that the character has where she's like, she can handle anything and still Mm -hmm. have this chipper attitude, whatever the case may be. It's almost like idealistic type Mm -hmm. of deal. In this movie, she is very human Mm -hmm. throughout. There are multiple points where she is at her wits end Mm -hmm. and she is like beyond stressed, does not know what the fuck to do. One scene in particular that really stands out is after uh, she leaves her second husband, who is an alcoholic and abusive. Mm -hmm. She's. Samantha at school. Is that the part you're talking about? Oh, not that one. But the, I do want to hit the, on that one. At the kitchen table. At the kitchen table. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's at that scene where Samantha's asking, like, well, what's going to happen now? What's right. going to happen now? And she's like, breaks down, like, I don't know. Like, and then I don't have the answers. Exactly. For and that was a very ex- like poignant moment where it's like, that's realism. That's realistic. Because right. this is what happens with parents. Well, and it, you, they don't have all the answers. Right. I feel like you're scratching into something that I also picked up on in yeah. that it's this movie is this movie is is hell bent on kind of 
showing imperfect adults. Like oh, it's, yeah. It's very... The reality of, like, yeah, adults. It's very, yeah. yeah, it's it's uh, almost the... For me, almost the whole message was that nobody has any shit figured out. Yes! Like, it's basically... That's, like, yes! The whole, the whole movie, for me, that's kind of what I got. I mean, I got a lot from it, but that was the biggest thing is, like... Oh, yeah. Hey, you're... Re- the whole time that you're growing up, you see your parents as, like, these heroes and the idols and all these things, and, and they are in many, many, many ways this movie shows it. Yeah. But then at... But throughout the whole thing, there are these moments that us as viewers can pick up on where you see them, they're just getting by, just the same way that everybody else yep. gets by. Yeah. And it's just, it's really interesting. I mean, one of the parts that I found super funny was the super brief moment where uh, her, her second husband, the alcoholic abusive one, he takes um, Mason and his stepbrother golfing. Oh, he's yeah. Like, he's kind of like, <laughs> ta- he's like talking shit to his biological son about how he's like not doing good. Like, you know, look how Mason does it. Mason's mm-hmm. doing it great. And then he misses the super easy putt. Yeah. He's like, son of a bitch. He's like, get my clubs. It's yeah, like yeah. Super brief moment. But it's like, <laughs> there's a ton of those sprinkled in where yeah. it's like, it's showing how really, you know, parents are trying to raise their kids to be almost better than themselves. Yeah. But yeah. are holding them to a standard that they themselves cannot reach themselves either mm-hmm. you know and, and mason's father does the same thing wants mm-hmm. him to be successful wants him to be a musician wants him to be all these different things so, that he has not achieved himself so that there's two things that come from that that i want to note number one this is definitely a coming of age like type of movie like for sure but it's not just of the kids but it's also the adults mm-hmm. if you really think about it you can see the movie initially as like the the primary story is the growing up of like the children mm-hmm. the secondary story is like the development of the adults as well yeah because there's like you can see the change oh, yeah. between both mom and dad oh, for from sure. the beginning to the well, end he becomes a stand-up guy at the end yeah of well and it's right. kind of funny like well, yeah. <laughs> i i didn't grow up with my dad mm-hmm. um but i was watching this movie and i was like if i had grown up with my dad like this would have been what it was like like mm. seeing him on the weekends, going bowling. My dad's a big into bowling. Really? And like, oh, wow. yeah, and kind of. I mean, you met my dad, yeah. like, and for a while, like, our relationship was rocky, and then it just became like really good. And that's kind of like how Mason and Samantha's relationship grows with their dad. Well, and it's, and, it, and it's, it's, it's just crazy. Yeah. Everything about this movie is just so right? crazy. Well, I mean, like, I grew up with divorced parents too, so I mm-hmm. grew up like you know split time as well. Mm-hmm. And it is funny the things that they're able to capture like in, yeah. in that. And it's, I think the other thing that's funny is you can, again, like depending on where you're at, you could look at the dad and be like, Oh, he's like such a good dad trying to be such a good dad. Right. And you could also very easily look at him and be like, this guy's kind of an asshole. Like he's, he's coming in. He only has like part ownership, not part ownership. <laughs> he only has, he has, well, I mean, with his children and every time he's like, I got presents for you. I got, he's like trying to be like the fun, cool dad. Right. Like, kind of like nonchalantly throwing digs at the mom in yeah. a way that's like not, a, you know, a super abrupt, but also like very clear. Um, right. So you could look at it and you could be like, oh, he's just trying to do the best. But you could also look at it as like, this guy's kind of a piece of shit well, in the beginning. And, well, then, uh, and then he kind of graduates yeah, yeah. out of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas like the mom is, you know, they spend the full time with the mom. So oh, yeah, she yeah. kind of has to be the hard ass about mm-hmm. homework and all these mm-hmm. different things. Mm-hmm. Whereas he gets to come in and be like the hero, the good guy. Right. He gets to take him to the butterfly museum, right. take him yeah. to a baseball game, mm-hmm. like, bowling, do all, all these, these fun, fun things. things. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's, I think it is interesting how they 
kind of swapped your your usual like family mother father tropes mm. in that like usually you would see like air quotes traditional family you see like the father being the disciplinarian and he's like the one that's like kind of strict and like more black and white with things and then the mother would be kind of the more like nurturing caring one that's like kind of that other side whereas what i think is interesting in this one is the mother is mm-hmm. definitely the one that is that way and she's kind of forced to be that way because oh, yeah. she's a single mom and she's, yeah i was gonna say yeah. like i don't i don't think that that's like unheard of i think that's pretty oh, no. standard when oh, for you sure. Especially have that also, type of she's also like the the musician arts guy yeah. that's kind of like you know flying by breezing can, can by. i just note that the fact that he mentioned that he went to alaska of all places i just felt like that was oh fucking hilarious so what was funny <laughs> is he like brings up alaska and me and oliver's eyes got wide and then the next scene they have a moving truck kind of move out of the way and there's a Century 21 Realty sign in the front yard. Oh, and my gosh. That's, that's who we used to buy this house. who we bought our house from, oh Century my God. 21. And so it was just like, <laughs> ah, like everything was just Yeah, that's awesome. On. Th- this movie is like, just has so much relatability. So I know. Oh, I love it. You had a thought about, you were about to say something about the mom, though? Oh, so I was, oh, gosh. I just, this movie, like, going back to it being mm-hmm. filmed, over 12 years. Yeah. Like, so it came out in 2014. So it started filming in 2002. Two. Woo! Just so. Have, like a frame of the time. That sounds about right. Post 9-11. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. They talk about that a few times. They do. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but my mom grew up, or I grew up watching, like watching TV with my mom. She was a single mom. So we would sit down and watch TV at night. And mm-hmm. one of the things that she watched was Medium. And this actress uh... is also in Medium. She's a. Um, main character. Main yeah, character she's the main character. It. Yeah. And what was so funny is, <laughs> she changes her hairstyle a lot, and you yep. can see that in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I remember it like vividly watching Medium when she would change her hairstyle, oh. and I could like match the time frame between <laughs> Medium and this movie, like when she had changed it. It was just, it was just so crazy. That is so cool. That that leads to a bit of a tangent that is still related to this movie. It must have been very fat, like an interesting logistical, like mini challenge. And I definitely want to see the documentary to see how they did it mm-hmm. of organizing everyone to be like, hey, do you guys want to do this 12 year fucking commitment yeah. and make God, this happen? Can you imagine? Like, how the fuck like, was Ethan Hawke doing the before trilogy while doing this film? He had to. Have yeah, that, that, that so makes so sense. So yeah. Well, and I just like think about it from. Not even just the actors, but everyone making the movie. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. are putting so much money into a movie that you're not going to get anything back from for mm-hmm. 12 years. And time. Like, that's, the amount of time that's and commitment. Insane. Yeah. And you have no idea if it's even going to turn out. You have no idea if you're putting your kids out there to just be in a weird movie that never, no one ever sees. Yeah. Right. It, it, yeah, it's pretty cra- crazy. Like, it's, you have to have faith in yeah. whoever's making this happen. So It is crazy. Yeah. I think maybe the idea of like maybe put him putting his own daughter into it's like, hey, this is hey. you're not going anywhere. <laughs> you're not going anywhere. <laughs> you are. You must do this. Right, you gotta do it. You gotta you finish know. this before she turns eighteen, so right. she can't back away. Right. And in many ways too, it's like a mini time capsule for everyone involved because it showcases how they've evolved over time. Mm-hmm. And I bet because. It reminds me of how in, like, say, for instance, TV shows, as an example, I think Modern Family is, like, one of the more recent ones that comes to mind. They've talked about how 
you know, over the course of doing this show for multiple years, they've this is like a second family for them. Right. So I bet for this type of... You can only of, imagine it's the same. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Yeah, like, they definitely developed a bond with each other over the course of making this film, and it's it's well, and kind can, of a beautiful thing, thing of itself. the only thing that I can imagine, too, is, like, can you imagine the amount of shooting that they did, like, fairly frequently? It had to be, like, right. every six months or something they were yeah. shooting, right? Mm-hmm. And, and how, many, shooting, how many extra, like, footage did they get? Like, is there, like, a director's cut out there? They probably <laughs> have a ton of footage. I mean, yeah. it's a three-hour movie on yeah. its own. I'm sure they have a ton of footage, but the thing that I think about, too, is, like, can you imagine you sit there and you film for hours upon hours? Because I don't care what you're filming. You, it is a whole production to sit mm-hmm. and film. Mm-hmm. They are filming for hours and hours and hours, and then that is like either A, not even in the movie, yep. or B, it's like just two-second clip right. of yep. Game Boy or something. Yeah. You know yep. what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's pretty crazy to think. And I bet you all the actors involved probably have all sorts. I mean, there's a whole, like, they made documentaries after the fact with extra footage because there's so much. Yeah. But I'm sure that they are all friends and family now. I would oh, for assume. sure. Yeah. 12 Gosh, years. So crazy. Yeah. And, and another w- interesting aspect too, is that I think this adds, as I'm thinking about this, <clears throat> this adds to the authenticity of the film because the closest parallel that comes to mind is Harry Potter in the sense of when they would, t- I know, no, no, hold on, hold on. Yeah. What? So <laughs> hear, hear me what I'm about to say here. So, you're watching these young child actors develop and go through these unique periods of their lives alongside with the story. Yeah. In some of the interviews with, like, say, the Harry Potter cast, uh, especially the main ones like Danny Radcliffe and um, Emma Watson and Robert... I keep forgetting. Rupert Grant. There we go. Rupert Grant. They would talk about how, especially for themselves and the other child actors, different stages of the films and certain, like, key points, like I think it was like Goblet Fire is like a prime example, where then that transitional period and the prom scenes and all that stuff, they're going through these teenage periods and all that stuff, and they're literally developing alongside with the movie and going through these experiences, right. adding through to that authenticity, not having to make it up as you go or have to find that inner child. This is actually something that you're experiencing now. So I bet that's something that was able to be tapped in this film, capturing that authenticity of these child actors experiencing these moments in their lives and being able to reflect it in the course of the film. So I think, I think, yeah, I think the other thing though is, is that it, it is, it has to be different to, to direct child into teenage actors over the course of many years in a fictional story that has nothing to do with real life. It has to be a totally different mm-hmm. challenge to get five-year-old kids, 18-year-old kids, whatever it is, into a role where you have to play the same person that you were playing years ago. There is no fictional story driving you through. Mm-hmm. You're not in a different world. You're basically, hey, be yourself, but be the, be the yourself that we filmed six months ago. Remember that this is only an hour apart or whatever it might be. So what I'm curious about in that same vein is if they, going back to what we mentioned previously, like if the idea of maybe they edited it, at like revised the story elements of it as they went along, what if as the children grew up, there were certain elements about them, like say, for instance, uh, Mason, as an example, he was becoming more artsy and was going to photography. And then maybe the director was like, hey, let's let's, let's play with that. Let's let's make this happen. Let's, let's that work would with be that. interesting. And that's yeah. why I would like to walk, we watch the documentary. We just ran out of time. Because but. I would be interested in that, like how much yeah. of these characters actually resonate with them. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
I'm sure uh, there is a ton of Mason and Samantha in each of the real people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure, I mean, and that's probably what Linklater's looking for, too, because mm-hmm. it needs mm-hmm. to be authentic. Yeah. And there's, so, there's a lot of moments in this movie where the actors, specifically the child actors, like Samantha and Mason, um, their performances are, are really weird. What like, do you mean? Like, yeah, well, what, do you well, mean? what I was about to say is, like, I wouldn't say... Before you cut me off, because I can hear what's happening. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's like good acting, but the but the part of it is that it's not really supposed to be. It's supposed to be like it's supposed to feel like real children. Yeah, like this is how feel, a child would like to act. Like real yeah. children, they yeah. don't feel like movie children. Like the things like, that they say, the way that they act. Yeah, yeah it's not like. I mean, even when the mom sits the kids down as like we're moving, and Samantha's just like, "No, mom." And she keeps making that. Noise. Yes, that was very genuine. I was like, "That is what like, a freaking kid literally, <laughs> No reason to put that in a movie, but that's just like that's that is ge- how kids yeah, act. Yeah, right. For but real. that doesn't. I and mean, I guess all I'm saying is that that doesn't feel like a mood, like good acting necessarily. Like yeah. it feels. So are you talking about like the dramatization that an actor would do, but it's more subtle? That's what makes him a good actor. But by having it as like, all I'm saying is like, I think he just has things against children actors. (laughs) Oh my gosh! (laughs) If anything, I'm complimenting the the child child actors in this and saying that like Mm. it is written. They're so authentically children that you can't. They're so. so, It's so like it's so childlike. It's so goofy. Like it's so like it's goofy and it's so like clunky and doesn't feel like. It doesn't feel like someone is directing them. It feels like yes, they're sir, like, mother, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah I remember that. That was funny. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and that, I just that that's interesting. Like, no, yes, yeah, That performance in a different movie, I feel like, wouldn't be good. But it's like they're not playing, they're not playing children. They are children. So, they are, like, yeah. literally everything. Oh, gosh. I just, like, I love this movie so much because everything that they did and were going through and saying I just feel like it was totally me as a child right this like l- even when Samantha was walking out and she was like bye house bye box oh yeah won't let me take I'll never like my mom more or enough after making me move and like, that follow-up comment where she that was the, the, what the mom says afterwards was so authentic I felt that in my soul where she's it, like you know what how about you leave behind that horseshit attitude yeah, I was yes. like yo the Fuck horse shit attitude. That I, was like, yeah, it's that. just like <laughs> I'm like having flashbacks yeah, to my childhood. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I just love it. I love this movie. You know, there are some like quotable lines, especially that horseshit attitude one. I, I love that. Oh, a, and then ooh. the pig Latin that she was talking at the table. And oh then yeah. Mason's getting all mad. Like I remember when pig Latin became like a huge thing, and kids were just talking. That was a thing. Yes. What the fuck? I want to talk about Harry Potter really quick. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, yeah you did, <laughs> you did bring up Harry Potter. I did. And, and it was Harry Potter and they really were quick. reading Harry Potter, and yeah. then they had they were a reading book. Chamber of Secrets, which my dad read to me when I was like, and then they had a book release. That was awesome. The fact they included that was awesome. That was dope. I I went to literally Half-Blood Prince midnight midnight book release at Borders. Like, I had the exact same experience. And it's so cool. And that that will never happen again. That will never happen again. No. There will never be a book phenomenon. I mean, maybe there will be a book phenomena as big as Harry Potter was. But there will never be midnight releases of books the same way because of the internet and all. Yeah. That will never, ever happen again. Uh. And it's such a bummer because... I remember that. I remember like waiting in line at midnight and like 
them letting everyone go in and you get your copy of you know Half Blood Prince mm-hmm. and reading it and like trying to figure out what was going on next. And if mm. you read it first, you could beat <laughs> your friends to it. Like authentic, super crazy, cool thing. And and that same thing, it clicks with us. But I don't think like my little brothers would understand that. Like they right. wouldn't yeah. get that same feeling. Which kind of brings me to a question mm-hmm. that I wanted to ask mm-hmm. the table. In yeah. that, do you feel like this movie? is going to last? Do you feel like this movie is going to have staying power and uh, feel the same way in decades? Do so you feel like... He, here's what I think. For us, it always will. <clears throat> yeah. I think it cuts off at our generation. Yeah. Because, like, I think... I think, like, our parents would enjoy this movie. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's <clears throat> aspects that they would enjoy. I think about my little brother. Mm-hmm. He would not enjoy this movie. He wouldn't understand this movie. Like it, I think it does cut off at our generation because they didn't grow up that way. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't understand. So I, I was kind of feeling the same way, especially on the second watch. That's what was going through <clears> my mind. Yeah, is is part of the reason that I really love this movie is because it is like my childhood. Mm-hmm. And there's a ton of euphoria I have for everything that's on screen, and yeah. like I connect with it in such a visceral way that I, I haven't connected to another movie in a long time. Listen, when me and Oliver watch this movie, I think it's the most we've ever like talked during the movie and not like oh, had sweet. full-blown conversations but we'd be pointing at the screen and be like yeah oh my god i had that or oh my god it, it's like i haven't had that kind of reaction to a movie in in like a super long time mm-hmm. and but then i watched it again today and i the kind of the first thing that went through my head is there's no way that this movie really works for the next generation it, this there's no way that in a decade you know our children mm-hmm. watch this movie and are like they love it as much as we do. Yeah. So if anything, it'll work as like maybe a time capsule for boom. the next generation to see how we grew up. But I don't, I don't know that it will ever work as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. So two things. Number one, that very last point of a time capsule. That's exactly the same point I was going to introduce. This movie is a time capsule of the experience of just life in general within the early two thousands. Crack another one. That's just fine. Oh my god! Oh my god! Fucking foaming shit. All right, right, finish your thought, Taylor. Sorry. The beer is more important. Oh, my God. But no, um, (laughs) a couple of listeners could be like, yes, that's right. But (laughs) with that being said, there is a element of like seeing a snapshot of history with this movie in many cases. And at almost every single scene, like the bowling alley scene and the dad talking about, you know, the war in Iraq and then the whole Barack Obama thing. Like, there are moments in this movie, like, the historian in me is like, you could literally just have an entire yeah, discussion like, over every little mini moment of this movie. It's great. But one one more thing I want to know. Yeah. There is a question of, is this movie going to be as relatable to a younger generation compared to ours? Now, the, the one thing I can use maybe as an argument to this is a movie that's parallel to this one that we've had the opportunity to check out. Mm-hmm. The Tree of Life. Because in a very similar aspect, it is a coming-of-age story. And it mm-hmm. is from an earlier time that's way beyond ours. It was like back in like the 50s and 60s. Yet we can still relate to that movie. Because yeah, of most likely the way it was directed and all that stuff. But that is a good comparison, Well, though. the reason I say that is because one of the elements about this movie that is trying to capture, not just the nostalgic elements, because yes, those nostalgic elements are crucial in helping to create that relatability, but... More than anything else, the relatability is the experience of growing up. I, I think, I, I get what you're saying. I think yes, that there is... but the experience of us growing up mm. versus Gen Z, what are we on? Gen Alpha, 
Alpha, Alpha Tango Trolley. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't know. But it's completely different. It yeah, is completely fair. different. I mean, you see it every day. Like, mm-hmm. when I, when my mom wanted me to shut up and leave her alone, she'd be like, go play outside. Go on. Now it's, here's this iPad. Like, it's a completely... Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it is a completely different... It's completely different childhoods. True. Well, that uh, makes think, me think. I think that it's. I think that where where Tree of Life and this movie differ. Mm. And by the time this comes out, Tree of Life will already be out. Mm-hmm. Our podcast. Yeah. Listen yeah. to that if you haven't already. But woo. I think Shameless where they plug. differ is that <laughs> Tree of Life is a lot more concerned with diving into those questions and a lot more concerned with diving into posing those questions and all of the different like qualms and problems that come with growing up. Whereas I think that boyhood, yes, it is as well, but it is definitely all it's, it's definitely more concerned or equally concerned with just the journey of growing up in the two thousands. Like it's, it's, it is very, I mean, look at what I, what I just mentioned, like there's specific scenes that are just showing like technology and books and stuff that were in the early two thousands. Right. That will not resonate with other kids. But I, one I of think, the things that I think about, yeah. like is so such a small thing, mm-hmm. but the projector in the classroom. <laughs> like, do you remember the projectors oh, in the classroom? You have yes. the clear sheet that they put on the little thing. Oh fuck, I remember that shit. Kids do not know what that is nowadays. Yo, so they pull that shit out that. and like the the closest thing they're gonna get to that is like maybe out of high school, maybe middle school, where someone pulls that shit up like, what the fuck is that? Teach is like this is uh, ancient technology. Seriously, <laughs> like, if we... Like, <laughs> I haven't been in school in eight years, nine years, and let's say I go to school mm. and a teacher pulled that out. This movie released when we graduated. Yeah. Oh, wow. Say a teacher pulled that out, I probably wouldn't Holy think shit. anything. Honestly, I wouldn't really think anything of it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. But... That they, they don't use those anymore. That is not. Yeah. What they well, use. I, I don't even think it's just that. Like, I, I there's I, so many little I things. I get but... where Taylor's coming from, and that I do think that there is something like we were just saying. That yeah, there's something that everybody can take from this movie, but I think that you, the viewer's mileage will definitely vary on the. Yeah. Okay, so that we should, actually we presents... should test this out. We should make Camden watch this. Right, this Camden's, Camden's my little brother. Anyways, well, well this actually presents a really <laughs> interesting point, which could be a potential critique of the film. Because one of the things that just came into mind was that, okay, does that mean there needs to be a boyhood movie of, like, maybe, like, 10 to 15 years from now for it to resonate to the younger generation? But that brings the question, because it captures... such a shit movie. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. It could be a fascinating <laughs> piece. But um, because the, this film focuses so much on recollecting some of the elements of the early 2000s that really resonates with each of us, do you think, without having that ex- actual lived-in experience, that takes away from the overall, I guess, immersion and just experience that this film can offer to a younger audience. Because imagine, like, say, for instance, there's a coming-of-age story from, like, say, I don't know, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's, like, not exactly a good example, but this is close that comes to mind. Or, actually, Breakfast Club. Maybe that's a better example. I don't fucking know. So I think that you well, can... Hold on, real quick, real quick. Those type of films, they might resonate when it comes down to those that were raised in, like, the 80s. Like, oh, yeah, I remember that shit back in the day. Oh, yeah, I saw that type of guy. But to us... We can still understand those films, but we don't have the same level of resonance. So, right. do you think that I, I could? I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like, I could see like maybe a younger generation that I mean, 
the younger generation is very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Potato? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like more creative and open-minded and like artistic, I feel like. I, I There's a big, what? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, I didn't say anything. Okay. <laughs> I, there's a better word that I want to use, but they are like a little more creative. I feel like that. Well, that's a huge blanket. But they they do see things differently, so I can mm. almost see like the younger generation that is into movies and is into mm-hmm. like weird things, mm-hmm. maybe appreciating it. Be- weird things. What? Not your, not your like. No. Okay. So. I'll, so this, this isn't is how, your average no, movie. So this, this is, is not. Feel, this, this is a this is typically a weird movie. Like. I don't know it, if this is a, that not weird, like a, but like. It's a unique it's, experience, or yeah, it's, it's more unique. There's, movie. there's no plot. There's no like. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Happening. It's not like, a typical like movie story structure. Yeah. Okay, so I, I see think, what you're saying. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think that that there. Are, I, I feel like there's always going to be people that can enjoy this movie and appreciate this movie if if. I mean, the fact that it was filmed over the course of 12 years with the same actors alone that's will just give it lasting awesome. power. That's just dope. Well, that's, I, I guess that's what I'm trying I just to say. Don't, what I'm saying is mm-hmm. I don't think it will resonate with people the same way that it does with us mm. in 20 years. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting for people to watch, and I think that there will be mothers, fathers, children. It just won't hit the same chords like it, it hit us. They'll be yeah. able to get things from it, but it will. I just... I just can't see how it would click the yeah. same way that it does with us. Yeah. Just because it is the what the children go through in this movie is kind of what gives them their experience in life, which, I mean, that's what real life is all about, right? Yeah. But the fact that what influences them as children are things that are so wholly 2000s. Yeah. It's just going to be different for people like children that visit this movie in 20 years. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think yeah. it'll be interesting. And I think that there's stuff that they can get from it. And I think that the fact that it's with the same actors over 12 years will be, no matter what, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that it will be as impactful for. I get, I get, or maybe it yeah. would in like a weird way. Like, let's say in 10 years, we decide to sit our kids down and watch this movie with our It'll kids. Be bored. No, no. Be like this was me and your dad growing up. Right, right, right. This is what we did. This is what we Wait, wore. Don't, this is what we listened. Don't parents to. do that? Like with their kids? Like even our own parents? Like when we were watching movies when we were young? Like they were like, oh hey, this actually happened. They and like put Saving Private Ryan on. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Back of my day, little. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not saying that this movie will just disappear into the ether. That's right. I, but I, I, I do agree with you. Like, I, just, I don't think it's ever going to resonate with another generation. I just can't see anyone having as much of a visceral as as reaction do. to it that yeah, up. It feels like it's made for us. I yeah, even, I, even I can feel I can see like that. Yeah. my my mom would get something from this movie. Like I said earlier oh, yeah. on, but I don't even think that she would have the same exact reaction to this movie that I did. And I think part of that is because mm. it is from the eyes of a child. Yeah, and I was literally growing up as a child during this time. Mm-hmm. Right. Everything that was going on is like what I remember. Mm-hmm. So I think it it definitely hits the 90s babies a little yeah. bit more than it will any other generation. Oh, for sure. For sure. And <clears throat> one of the things that I just want us to dive into, because we've touched upon this on several points during the course of this discussion, is that just the character portrayals in this movie is just, holy shit, spot on. Like, 
Can, can I just note that, like, the mom character, I've already mentioned this before, but I'm just going to hit on it again. Holy shit. Like, yeah. just the portrayal was just damn spot on. Like, damn. Like, there were several moments. I'm like, this is so authentic. Holy shit. Like, god damn. Well, and what's so like, cool woof. about that character is she's a single mom. Yep. And she is going through what I feel like every single mom tries to go through. Like, mm-hmm. just wants the best for her kids. Wants, like, a family for her kids. Yep. And she is trying to get that and while she's doing that she ends up having a bunch of shitty marriages and mm-hmm. after her second divorce mm-hmm. um with the alcoholic that was the second the professor yeah, yeah the professor yep. yeah, well, that's just that's assuming that she wasn't married to yeah so i guess maybe she was she was married first, to the first one the first and then marriage so, that we see about the father yes the yeah, first ethan the father but then the first man you actually see isn't the father it's some tim tim yeah. Some guy that Long just disappears. Guy. Yes. Um, but she then marries him and she like says like, now we have a family to right. Mason in the car right. at one point. And he's like, well, we had a family before. And mm. then she finally leaves him and she leaves him with nothing to her name. She yep. leaves him with the clothes on her back, the, the clothes on her yeah, kid's yeah, yeah. back. The like there's, there's she a, she may have take, a, taken some money, yeah, but she drops the kids that off. She drained the bank bank account. She drops yeah. the kids off yeah, but, with yeah. no backpack, no nothing. The yeah. same clothes She's that they just left. Saving with. the kids. Yeah. And fast forward to the next scene, like she has her fucking shit together again. She yeah. like has a job. <clears> she mm-hmm. like the single yeah, mom. She's resilient. She's resilient. Yeah, exactly. Like they she portrays single moms in such a good way because they mm. have their hard times but but i think they always come out on top they're but I always going to do what they can for their kids i think what i appreciate about it though too is kind of what you said earlier taylor is that it doesn't necessarily like glorify it in the sense of like it doesn't make her look inhuman like she's doing something right. about, like she has she has her foibles like there's multiple yes. times where she stumbles and makes mistakes right. and like has moments of weakness which, as an audience, we all understand. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. She's doing an incredible job, right? But mm. I think it's really important because I think it can be this. I can think it can be it would it can be inauthentic if you didn't show that. Right. right. Like one of the earliest scenes in the entire film, which really showcases like from an early on, like how authentic the movie is going to be throughout the course of it. She is having an argument with the guy she's seeing, and this is back when the kids are like five, and Mason is like peeking out, mm-hmm. wondering what the hell all this yelling is going on. And she expresses, and it's something that I bet any individual in this situation would express very clearly and feels exactly the same, is that I would love to be able to go out to the movies. I would love to be able to, like, drop things out of hat right. and just go to do stuff, but I can't. I have kids. I right. have responsibilities. I can't do that shit. And that right there is, like, this is the experience right there. And mm-hmm. throughout the course of the film, she is portraying that and all of the difficult upheavals that she goes through. Like, she found a potential of like a happily ever after with like the psychologist dude, that the professor that ends up becoming an alcoholic, which was like, well, that was shitty. Well, he was always out. Yeah. It was all. Yeah. Yeah. Funny watching a second time. It's interesting to see the hints that are introduced. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When they come back from Paris, he orders a second bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like just the The setups and payoffs. Yeah. 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 But yeah, and even after that, when she becomes a professor herself and she has the students over for like a get-together and she finds interest in, I believe it's one of the students, and yeah. he's like, oh, hey, it's an army dude. And he's like, oh, hey, it's cool. And he ends up being a drunkard himself. And, well, it's... But well, but I I have to say that... The, go for it, yeah. That, so he is... He'll, he'd be the third husband, Yeah, right? well, well, I'm so not sure they even got married. I thought they just only were like 
together. Wait. I think they got married. I think they got married. Did they actually fuck? I think that they got married. But maybe, maybe not. But, maybe, but anyways, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I, what I thought was really interesting, which is a moment that really stuck out to me, yeah. was that um, he's a drunker. He's kind of an, an asshole in his own right, right. Right. But what I thought was really, like, the, the scene that stuck out to me was there's a night where Mason comes home super late at night. And he's sitting on the porch drinking. And Mason is basically, like, they get in an altercation where yeah. the dad, the not the dad, the stepdad, stepdad or whatever is yeah. like, um, you just kind of come and go as you please. You don't even like help out or pitch in or say anything. You just kind of mumble and just come and go. Right. And Mason goes like, you know, you're not, you're not even my dad. And the boyfriend goes, or the husband or whatever, stepfather goes, yeah, you're right. I'm not your dad. I'm the guy that's actually here. And I thought that that was kind of like a point. Like he was like, "Yeah, I'm the guy that has a job. I'm the guy that's actually here with you." You know what's interesting? Um, oh, go ahead. I just thought that that was like a part that really cuts through the rest of it, and that it, it's like it is true. The movie, like the movie, does take the time, yeah. to show the father, and it does like has has his foibles as well. But what I did think was interesting is that there is something to be said about all the men that are there raising the true true but there's like two counters to that that comes to mind that the movie actually introduces number one in both instances of the second husband and the third husband that are alcoholics they both portray aspects about themselves that kind of reveals why the alcoholics in the first place number Mm -hmm. one there was a table scene with the professor where he notes how yeah that was super that was that was tense just like the the table scene in tree of life Mm -hmm. funny enough so that was that was good that was good pillow um he notes that you don't like me. I don't even like myself. Right. Which is fascinating because even um, the mother character was explaining to him that he has so many lines. Like, how the hell is anyone supposed to be operating around this? Right. He tries to live such an orderly life and tries yeah. to control others, most likely because he can't even control himself. So that was right. fascinating. And the second bit was with the last husband where when Samantha is asking, why do we have to sell this stuff? And the mother's like, oh... We are what we. I thought you had a good job. Well, we we are what we call house, house poor. poor. And right. I actually had like, why did I had to actually look that up? Because I was like, I feel like I've heard this term before, but I, it's been a while. And it basically means the house you have is so expensive in terms of like uh, keeping up with it stuff. and maintenance and stuff that you basically funneling you and financing into it. Which is funny because they did set it up like we were mentioning how seven payoffs are actually a huge thing in this filming and uh, uh, in, this, in this film. I think I just merged two words yeah. together. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting so excited because <laughs> it's like such good scenes. There was a point earlier where when the new husband is talking to the biological father, he mentions how they got the house on, on foreclosure. Yes, yeah. but they realized right after that there was a reason because yeah. of so many repairs. And they're fixing a septic tank or a septic line at that moment, which actually is going to be yeah. referenced later on in the film. Well, I, Again, I all the setup and payoffs. I know, oh, this gosh, is such a good, yeah. it's such good setup and payoffs this movie has, which is another reason why it's a good movie. But... That was a setup for how they're in that financial situation later on in the film but where I they think, have to I do all the, the part. The more so, what I'm saying is that yeah. I think that there is something to be. So, for example, the second husband, yeah. despite being a drunk and abusive at the end of their relationship, mm-hmm. or maybe the whole time, you don't really Probably. know. Right, Probably right, right. The whole yeah. time. You don't really know. You, it's, it seems like it's real a really good relationship in the beginning. They yes. go to Paris and they're both like kind of like lovey dovey on each other at right. the table. They are. They're talking about like I could pick up right away that it wasn't a good relationship. What, it okay. was a controlling relationship from the get go. Okay. All right, psychologist mm. over here. Yeah, I should but be a psychologist. I think you should not be a psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> but I think more so what I'm saying is that even in that relationship with the him and the mother, they do call him dad. 
at a certain point. Yeah. And then they also <clears throat> do have, there is a moment where everything's like really good. Like they, they have really good relationship with their step siblings. Yeah. Which like is awesome. Best friends. It's a real like, and I guess kind of more so what I'm saying is that there is something to be said about the men that come in her life that do help her to raise the children. Whereas the father comes and goes as he pleases so, he, and until the end, until right, the end right, he right. tries at, at the end, he wants to have like a bigger part. He's constantly saying he wants to have a big part. Right. Right. Life. But he doesn't. It's very clear that he comes and goes. Like he he goes to Alaska and he's gone for a few years. Right. And, and I do wonder though if like, and I don't know, but like I do wonder if that is like him knowing that he's not good enough Ooh. to be a dad. So he is trying to get his life together because when he is around the kids, he genuinely so, does seem interested and so, genuinely so wants to be around. There is a point in the film at the, like the last part. I'm not sure if that's the one you're about to hit. Well, Oliver. really quick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I think what I think is that what I think is that what I think is that in the beginning, yeah, he is he is very selfish in that he is trying to find his he's trying to find make it by as a musician. That's like very clear what he's wanting to do. I right. want to make it by as a musician. He's living in service of himself. He wants to he's going to Alaska to basically pay for his music career. Right. Pay for the all these fuck is things. in Alaska for him to he's on fishing boat, boat to get a bunch of money to yeah. do his fishing. Uh, yeah. So he's like he, he, essentially, he essentially abandons his kids. As we're here living in Alaska. I know, right? You're like, he what the fuck? He essentially abandons his kids and he's like pursuing a music career and that's like what he wants to do. I'm gonna be a musician, blah 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 blah. Right. But then once he gets his shit together, he's no longer in servitude of himself. He's now in servitude of his new son and his wife, and he's right. selling insurance. Like that's like where it starts. He starts to sell insurance and he gives up on this musician lifestyle. So I think like in the beginning, he is not a great dad in that sense. I think that so, it's not that, that he wants to give them a good life. It's that he is pursuing his dreams, which is admirable. But real quick, so he actually does reflect on this on like the second to last like major like scene. So in the last conversation that he has with his son, this is right after graduation in the green room. So on the second floor and his yeah. old, uh, the dad's old roommate is playing music and stuff. He mentioned something that I re- think really stands out. When Mason's like, what the hell is all, like, the whole point of life and all that jazz, Mason Sr. Uh, mentions how, you know, it took me, like, what, 15 years to get my shit together? And if only, I think about, like, on occasion, if only me and, if your wife, like, uh, if your mom had stuck get, around. Well, if your yeah. mom had stuck around and I'm gave now me, the man that she would have wanted. Yeah. yeah. And I've thought about that. And that's, and that's kind of the yeah. point that I'm trying to make, is yeah. that he is not a good dad. He's not a good man. In the begin for the first fifteen years of this movie, but I don't years, think like, it is on purpose. No, I don't I think, think right. it's like I, I. I think it's. I can it, only it, imagine it's like they had kids when they weren't like, ready. Twenty three, like, like when you twenty three, you don't know shit. Together, but the mother stepped up and he did not. That's kind of but. What, it, but there was also like, if you look back on the film, there were like there's obviously some tension between the mom and the dad, mm-hmm. and there are like. I don't know. I mean, there are relationships where, like, the mom just doesn't want the dad around. Yeah. But also, I mean, and yeah. again, I think that that is the kind of part of the beauty of this movie, too, is that there's so many blank areas in this movie where you are left to fill in what you think happens. And that is yeah. exactly from the perspective of a kid. And, yeah. And I yeah. think, I think, objectively, with what you have here, he was, it, it's... He was not a super great dad. I mean, he came every like every year or something. Mm-hmm. It's it's 
he hadn't seen his kids in like a year and a half, I think is what it was. And then the kid even said, it's been 80 years. That's like yeah. an exaggeration. <laughs> in, in a right. kid's terms, when you're five or six, that's what oh, it yeah. feels like. Right. Yeah. It's been a year. That's And he went, because he was pursuing his music career, which ends up never happening. He becomes right. an insurance salesman. Right. I think that that is not his fault, but I think kind of what the movie is trying to say is that, and he even reflects on in the end, is that, had he been able to grow up once he had kids, their lives would have been completely different. So yeah, one, but is no. he a worse father than the people that were so, drunk and no, 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 he's on not. Them? No, he's not. Not at and all. And that's what I'm saying. It's but like, you don't know either because we don't. But we don't know because he wasn't there. And that that's was like the point is I think that yeah he was not there so we don't I feel like know it's if better he's to stepping away than well that was him the up. other thing too that I was yeah. curious about like because that opens up the idea of what if and possibilities because right. what would happen if they did stay together and stuck it out. Yeah. Would he have evolved into just like the those other guys? Exactly. So that is one of the things that begs the question. Would he have actually grown up and become more mature? Would he have devolved into those alcoholic drunks or something completely different? Right. We don't know. Right. And that's what kind of brings up that, well, fuck, what if you were just fucked no matter and what? I think, and I really think that you will watch this movie, you being anybody, watch, <clears throat> watch this movie at different stages in your life and you will feel differently about each character in it. Yep. I think that you, I think that you could, anybody could sit here and, and at a different stage in their life, look at the mom and be like, wow, she fucking sucks. I think that you could watch this movie and look at the dad and be like, wow, he wow. fucking sucks. Yeah. I think that you could watch and look at the kids. You could watch, like, you could look yeah. at it all and it, in the different stages of your life, maybe you're raising kids and you're, yeah. you know, like, or maybe you never want kids or maybe you're yeah. divorced or maybe like, and you could look at this and you could be like, wow, this person sucks. Or you could champion them. You could be like, mm-hmm. this is the best. This dad is the best dad ever. He's doing his best. He's trying to do this, blah, blah, blah. He's pursuing his dreams. Mm-hmm. Or you could be like, wow, he abandoned his kids. He doesn't care about them. He only shows up and is trying to be the good guy when the mom is putting in the work. Like, yeah. you could sit there and, and depending on the perspective you want to take in your own life experiences, you can glean different things from it. And that's the thing about the film. I think it's really cool. Yeah. I think it's really cool that you can watch this movie and get different things from it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that kind of follows with that, uh, I think this character in particular, despite the well-done work on everyone else, I feel like Samantha, out of all the characters may have been in the backdrop for a good chunk of the film, but she does have some poignant moments. One of the ones that keeps popping up consistently is she often has contention towards the mother anytime there's a point of a significant change. Because mm-hmm. from the very beginning, as soon as they have to move, she's like, why the hell do we need to move? She's also older. Yes. I mean, she's she's in different life stages when all of these big changes happen. She's, she's like, not, what, one or two years older than Mason, maybe? I would she's say two, probably three. three. She's I probably think two to three because she's in high school and he's in middle school. And yeah. It's, it's assumed that she can drive at that point, too. Yeah. So she's, and she's, she's probably, in college. I think she's, I think she's, ju- in, she's in college, college when he's a junior. A jun- yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably, yeah. Even two, three years. When he's on his 15th birthday, was she around? Mm, or was she in college? Was she was at the trip with the dad, but that was about she it. Wasn't. Oh, yeah, she was. Yeah, she yeah. was. That's what I mean. She's in the backdrop. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, she has to be at least, I'd say, probably three years old. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Two, so two to three, yeah. So yeah. it is, she's in a different life stage. Fair, than, fair. Than he is. So he, she would react differently. Yeah, and one of the things I keep seeing when it comes down to Sam's character and the way that she is portrayed throughout the course of the film, or at least the moments that she stands out, is basically being that voice of frustration from a child's perspective of any type of change that happens. Mm -hmm. So whether it's moving, whether it's 
trying to figure out like what the hell's the next stage or even at the very end where the sitting down at the diner, she's in college and Mason's just about to go to college himself. And the mother is explaining, okay, you're going to figure out which shit you want to keep, what you want to donate, which you want to throw away and all that stuff. She's trying to unload entire like childhood's worth of stuff so she can like move on with the life. Yeah. And the kids are frustrated because from a child's child, even yes, I get it. They're young adults, but at the same time, they're kids from the mom's right. perspective. This is their one anchor of like consistency of home, taking that away from, I guess, again, child's perspective. That's like removing the home itself. It's like removing that sense of like, this is your place of nostalgia that keeps you connected to being like, I'm like, where are we going to be for Christmas? All that stuff. Like that sense of tradition. Mm-hmm. And understandably so, as a parent, you're like, well, fuck that. I got to move on with my life. And that's the biggest thing with the mother's characters, too, is that she's had to put off her own life, her means of being able to progress and all that jazz, for the sake of the children. That was one of the biggest frustrations she noted from the very beginning of the film mm-hmm. with the comment of, I can't drop everything out of had to go watch a movie and like do stuff because I have to take care of my kids. Right. And even at the very end of the film where she notes how everything's a milestone, I thought there would be so much more. Right. She's dedicated so much and sacrificed so much. And what does she get for it? So yeah. this is her moment of trying to reclaim that sense of uh, autonomy and just being able to take reign of herself. And yet Sam introduces that greatest, well, I guess I would say greatest in terms of like most vocal sense of conflict of I don't agree with this. What the hell? Yeah. And she's often the point that says that throughout the course of the film, which I found pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I also think that it's I also think that it's interesting as well in that all of the different changes affect Sam differently than they affect Mason. Mason. Yeah. She's the most vocal about it throughout. Yeah. Well, Mason also kind of remains, I wouldn't say the same, obviously, but Mm -hmm. like he kind of, he's, he's fairly resilient, right? Like he kind of like stays on his course. It goes at the flow. It goes to the flow and kind of does his own thing. Would you say like he's resilient in the sense that he's just passive goes with the flow and he does have his like, it may, it may show it's a his fairly honestly it's a fairly cynical outlook on he, life in general well, I just but think i think things like i the, think things affect kids differently because like true i yeah. it, it would be interesting to talk to my older brother about like how he feels because mm-hmm. i also moved a lot growing up yeah. like we yeah. were in year-long leases and then would move again and move mm-hmm. again and like i would mm-hmm. make friends in those neighborhoods and it didn't affect me like in the sense that like I wasn't like sad I think in the most way it affected me is I'm very minimalistic Oliver can attest to this <laughs> like when I had my own condo I had nothing in it was it. like blank I just like my mindset like is like is if my house is gonna catch on fire like I don't want anything in there I understand that about. wholeheartedly so yeah I get it <laughs> <laughs> but like it would be interesting to see how my brother felt about it because I'm sure that yeah. maybe he felt differently. I think other, he did. But the, yeah. other, the other thing that's interesting is that from an early stage, it's it seems pretty clear in what they show you that Mason's never been really good at school. Like he's never really excelled in that regard. Well, because he's, he's viewed things. Well, he's always viewed things a little bit differently. Because he's a boy. Well, who wants to sit down at the deal school day? You well, you're special. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. no, no, no. The point that I'm going to make is that Sam's very different in that it's it's yeah really she's excelling. Interesting in that she is excelling. She gets like even even the bumper sticker on the back of the car yep. that's like I have an Atherton honor roll student, which mm-hmm. is clearly Sam, not Mason, right? Right. Um, I think it's interesting that she's an honor roll student. She gets A's. She's very smart, right? She's super. Oh smart. yeah. 
Like, everybody gives her attention for that. Mm-hmm. But then when she hits high school, she starts to go the complete opposite direction. And it's so interesting to watch that change Wait, passively. You mentioned she goes opposite direction. Is yeah. there an indication that she, like, fails something or, like, what? Uh, it's it's not Maybe not failed, yeah, but she definitely failed, started to, like, play into the... Rebels. Like, yeah. She starts to oh, rebel. Yeah. And yeah. She, it's, it's yeah, she becomes much more, like, more self-focused. Her, not finishing her homework, like, not doing things like that, not finishing her projects. Like, there's a moment where the mom like, walks in on her and her friend and is like, have you done your homework? Have you done these different things? Wait, wait, I thought... Pick up Mason. Oh, yeah, I thought that was mainly focused on just not picking up Mason. That was, like, the biggest thing. There's multiple conversations throughout after that, like, after that where um, the mother kind of makes comments to Sam about, hey, what are you going to do with your life? Like, you're not doing these different things. And even Sam Mm. herself in college is kind of, like, the things that she focuses on in college is like, oh, college is really cool. There's a lot of, there's so many hot guys. Right. And, well, and it just, mm. it's it's the difference between when she was in elementary, well, not just elementary, growing up to then high school so, to college, how she kind of arcs out of that, what she was in before. Well, here's the thing that comes to mind immediately because of that, because I'm looking at it from, I can understand the adult's perspective. So that's the biggest thing that this movie is. I'm glad we're actually having this discussion because this revealed another thematic element about this film that really stands out is perspective. Perspective's mm-hmm. like a huge fucking thing about this film that really stands out. Because in multiple instances throughout the course of this film, there is an adult that pops in, whether it's a parent, teacher, or some Billy Bob dude over, over the corner. The I don't fucking know. Freaking manager. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They'll, they'll pop that in. Was so I got weird. You for cook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, I felt like Mr. Krabs, but I was like, the fuck is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this shit? But, yeah, that was, I mean, but, <laughs> okay, that kind of gets me to a totally different... Right, right, but real quick, I know, there's like a lot to like like dive in when it comes out to this film, but... I told you, I could talk about it for hours. I know, right? It's so good. <laughs> but each of the various adults are trying to translate to the kids, especially like with Mason being the focal point, that they have seen, not only from their own experience, but the experiences of other adults that they've seen, the mistakes people have made, and mm-hmm. the main thing they're just trying to do... And this is with every single fucking parent or just adult in general is to make sure the kids do not make the same mistakes that they did, that their friends did, that everyone around them did, that prevented them from reaching their potential or being as great as they could have been. Well, and I think that's like all our parents want from us. True. Like, and whether they say that in the right way or not, like that is all our parents want from us. They don't want us to get pregnant as a teenager not go to school not have a career like put all their thing life like dreams on hold to raise children like that is all of our all our parents well it's it's all of it's all of the kind of adults in this movie trying to instill knowledge into mason specifically but also sam Mm -hmm. that they didn't have themselves or trying Mm -hmm. to give them real life perspective that they don't have the scene that I also think about is Mason in the dark room. Yep, that's like, one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, sitting yep, in the dark yep. room, he's doing his pictures, and the teacher basically comes in and is like, "What the fuck, dude? You have things that you need to be doing." He's like, "Oh, I'm doing my, I'm doing my pictures." And he's like, "Yeah, there's way more driven people out there. In fact, some of them are in the classroom right there." I love that. In fact, teacher. that, that, that yeah, yeah, it's great. It's a great moment that I don't know that it really clicks for Mason, but it clicks for us as adults because right. we're like, "He's not wrong." He's basically what the teacher Like, he's tries being to, very harsh, but, but he's not fucking but, The teacher, yeah. basically, the whole point, I'll just explain the yeah. scene really quick, is the teacher comes in as Mason's kind of slacking off in the dark room, which right. is like an extracurricular <clears throat> activity that he can do. Mm-hmm. And he's got assignments due, and he's not doing them. And the teacher's basically like, 
you know, you want to be a photographer, but there are people that are more talented than mm-hmm. you, and there are people that are less talented than you, but want it more than you do, then some of them are in that classroom right there. Yeah. Like, you have to put in the work and the talent. Like, Which is true. More Which is true. That. And it's totally true, and Mason yeah. doesn't really get it. Well, yeah. with that being said, one of the things that really stood out was Mason's comment was, and I can understand as well, an... I've got good work ethic. What? I've got good work ethic, where he says... Well, see, even that, (laughs) fair. So, from an adult standpoint, it's like, yeah, it's bullshit, kid. But, think about it from a teenager's perspective. And also, the shit that he's gone through in his life. He's had to... And I know this might seem trivial as an adult, but think about it from a kid's perspective. Your parents are split. You move constantly. You've gone through some traumatic shit. Mm -hmm. You're kind of in your own mind most of the time. And you kind of want to find your own sense of space and autonomy. He even says this to what's her goddamn name, Sheena, the his yeah, like she, high school girlfriend. He even says this to her. He feels like he cheats on him and fucks other dudes. Dude, yeah, that was fuck rough. Her. Fucking hell. Oh, yeah. we that, even see his first heartbreak. Woo! That shit. <laughs> well, woo! I don't know. We. That's, well, actually, we don't, we don't really know because he had a right. different girlfriend. But that hit hard. Yeah. Woo! But back to my point. So he even mentions that he feels that over the course of his life, he's being pulled one way and another and controlled in various aspects, he wants to have his own sense of autonomy, which is understandable. That's something that's relatable. Mm -hmm. And I bet being in that dark room is his space of being able to express himself as Mason and not be pulled in one direction or another. So when he says, oh, hey, you know, I think I have my own work ethic. I've been working on this like all weekend. That's him trying to express that. I'm doing this my way, which yeah. to in a teenager's perspective, yeah, that's I mean, them trying to express themselves, like, which is fair. have been a teenager where you feel like you know everything and you feel like you know something that adults don't know. Or at like, least well, just have he, the means to just think, create your own sense of space. I, he's definitely different than most kids his age. And he, he, you learn that when he's <clears throat> talking about like social media, like mm, he talks mm, about, mm. There have definitely been a fair bit of kids that have been like that, where they're like, fuck social media and all that. I mean, he's a fair bit. No, but... Bit. He's an edgelord. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, thank, yeah, thank you. That's perfect. I don't know what that means, but he's Oliver. What? He's, he's an <laughs> no. Oliver. What? No, no, no. But he's... Yeah. Oliver's not that edgelord. No. Nah. He's you. Okay, Shannon. Yeah, Oliver's the not that edgelord. The conversation that he's having in the truck with Sheena, is that her name? Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean the conversation where she's on her phone while he's talking to her? Oh! He's joking on her phone. <laughs> but no, sorry, she's not. no, she's not. She's serious. She's like, well, I just was on where we're going, and I, I was texting my mom back, and she's like, yeah, the mom that you talked to a few minutes ago? All right, well. Oh, anyway. and then also pops up a picture of a mini pig? Yeah, and then pulls up a picture of a pig. <laughs> but she jokingly starts doing that. No, she was No, she, she jokingly does, because he, she's like, he's talking about how, like, Oh, the sound of your phone dinging like gives you dopamine. Do- is it dopamine? Dopamine, dopamine yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Which is actually and a I legit just, thing. Like, yeah. Don't yeah, want that. I want to live in the moment and blah blah blah. And she's sitting there on her phone. She goes, "Huh?" And he's like, <laughs> "Well, I know, I know you're joking, but seriously, like blah blah blah." Yeah, and then she's yeah. like, "Well, I did just find the address to this club, and it's like I did just do this." Which is again but another I mean, like, form of perspective. Uh, so if, if you're saying that I'm like him in that sense, because I don't. I think that that was a pretty harsh comment. But I, if you're saying in that sense, if I'm like him, then yeah, I mean, like, I do agree. I do kind of agree with that sentiment of being, like, living in the moment and yeah. not through a screen. Like, there is something there that I think is true. Well, that's what, like, that's, I mean, that's what I mean. He's, like, he talks about, like, I just don't want to have Facebook and not because, no, I don't want to delete Facebook for the attention because a lot of people are, like, oh, I'm going on a social media and break fact, and blah, blah, blah. 
Um, <laughs> he's like, I just don't want to have it. Like, I want to live in the moment. And that is 100% you. Like, I almost feel like you Well, look- I'll take that as a compliment. I thought that you were saying I'm, like, nascent in that... <laughs> He's like this little edgelord. Wait, uh, just real quick. I don't know quick. what edgelord means. Wait, so... despite that, uh, despite all those being said, do follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and any other social media. <laughs> <laughs> As we're talking, I mean, I, right? lo- I love me some social media, but I do also love to enjoy the moment. Oh, yeah. Oliver definitely hates social media more than I do, yeah. and that's kind of what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Like, I do. you grew up in the time of having social media, and so does Mason, mm, mm. and he is very against it. So are you. I don't know if he's, like, very against it. He just kind of is, like, I just want to try. He's. It seems like... When I think I but that's how that, you are. Like, you have social media, but you don't like to be on it. Yeah. Right. You don't like using the same level as most. Yeah. I think that he's just trying to figure out his slice of the world. Like, yeah. yeah. Figure out yeah. how he interprets... He's trying to get something from life that he's like not really ooh, getting. And- ooh, shit! That reminds me. To that point, <laughs> that was actually uh, something that was explored in the conversation, which uh, in the scene I'm going to call the green room because that's basically the. What is co- the green room? It's, it's like uh, whenever there's a stage, there's a green room, which is like a staging area for like the band to okay, so, mingle. Okay. And hang yeah, out. and that was the band scene where he's talking to his father for the last yeah, time yeah, in the film. Yeah, yeah. and. That was a really basically, I think this scene is the point where it kind of culminates a lot of the message of the film into basically one scene or just one setting. There we go. And when the father is basically talking to his son about, you know, the breakup and all that jazz and just help guide him through it in his own way. One of the things he notes was that, you know, she was cute and all, but I kind of knew that you guys were going to break up. I was like, no, you didn't, dad. And he's like, okay, she's a she was a bit of a square and you are not, you're, you're, yeah. you're different. And d- the biggest thing, this is huge. The biggest thing is don't assign your self-esteem to another person, not a girlfriend, not your mom, not me, nobody, but yourself. Take care of yourself. Which is what <laughs> his mom does. Oh shit. It is until the end. That's what. Oh shit. Mo- Why did I just realize that? Yeah, there's a moment where the mom is like, I'm going to, I'm done living for other people. I'm done living. Like I'm going to well, move out of this big house. And- she, well, <sighs> so if you, if you look at, like look at her journey and her life, mm-hmm. I, and I don't know for sure because mm-hmm. like we've said before, like they do, they don't really give you a whole lot of like big moments in this movie. It's just right. kind of like going through the motion of life. Yeah. My perspective on the mom mm-hmm. is she did what she had to do to be okay. Like she yeah. she did what she needed to do to finish school. She mm-hmm. did what she needed to do to get a job. Mm-hmm. She like I almost think that she married the professor to have help to go to yep. school to finish yep. her. Like degree. she saw like the utility in it on top of like, oh hey, he's actually a pretty young, nice dude. Yeah. Yeah. And at the time. It's, Why did she need to marry the, the soldier guy? Well, I'm still wondering if they actually did get married, but that and, and the, I, I think, think that could honestly I, be I, full I think, love. I think it was the, she like she at that point had got back on her feet after her divorce yeah. with her first husband or second husband. We don't really know. Yeah. Um, got her job, mm-hmm. and then she was probably missing another piece in her life. Yeah. That male figure. Yeah. That disciplinary person. In her kids' lives, and I'm sure she, at that point, was like, okay, I have my shit together, I can do all these things, I'm missing this one piece, let me, like, find something well, to fill could that. have also been the case, too. And I don't think it was, like, her just finding someone out there, just, like, right. I'm sure she wanted to have a partner. Right. Yeah. 
but it didn't end up working out. And could have also been the case too, like as you were just saying, like, you know, there was that desire there and it just appeared, appeared in like the soldier boy. And it was like, oh, hey. Yeah, this guy's here, and he's actually pretty cute, and he actually got his shit together. So yeah, let's make this work. Yeah, like she, I mean, he I, seemed like a good guy in the beginning. Always we at the beginning. We all thought that I mean, probably. That, ooh, that's actually another good thing too. It's always the good at the beginning until shit happens. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but also, to be totally fair to Soldier Boy, I don't really think. <laughs> I don't really think. I don't, Soldier Boy. Yeah. Soldier Boy. Oh. Oh. That was in the movie too. Yeah. Oh wait! Holy shit! You're right. Oh my fucking <laughs> yeah. god! You're right. Oh my god! Yeah, when he's on the ripstick. <laughs> yeah. But fucking hell. To be totally fair, what, what does what does the soldier husband do that's like really shitty that we see on screen? The okay. Besides, like, wait, he's wait, an alcoholic wait. for sure, right? Here's but the thing. What is he? The, okay. The, and I'm not defending. Wait, 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 wait. Let's. I mean, let's just talk about how um, oh, he Mason walks Mason in with, with the nails, and, did, yeah. and he's that, like, that, oh, it was yeah. the earrings, and that's just like such a. Well, okay, so this is the thing with that. Say what I want to say, but this is the thing with that. They're in Texas. There's a yeah. reason. That, I don't even think you have to be. No, 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 no. The reason I mentioned the reason I mentioned that is because I think there's a reason why they purposely. Well, there might be a reason why they said in Texas, but that does create a cultural element that exists. Because when they go to Austin, when uh, Mason and Shauna go to Austin, that's the artsy place. That's the place where college students go, and that's much more chill. But everywhere else, it's a bit more conservative. It's a bit more of a old-school mentality, and, and that's reflected in the characters. But one more thing. It, there's a shot when Samantha is talking to her mom about, oh, why do we have to do this? And she mentions their house poor. There's a shot where the soldier boy... Has like a bit. <laughs> I know it's called so, where Social Boy just has this does look. Does he have a name? Yeah, he does have a name. I just keep I forgetting. Remember. I think it's like Jim or something. But uh, fucking hell. Where Social Boy <laughs> has just this look. And I'm like, oh shit. He did mention in the previous scene that they got this house because it's on foreclosure. And he was like, oh hey, this is a good idea. Maybe he blames himself for the predicament that they're in. That's one of the reasons why he leads himself to drinking. Yeah. See, and so I guess that the could only, be the other the thing too. The only point that I'm making yeah. is that. You, we don't really spend a lot of time with him or with their relationship. Like mm-hmm. we spend way more time with the professor and the mom's relationship. Yeah, like yeah. We get to see that, and we get to see the good of that relationship as well as like the very fucking bad. You really end. don't even know if he's technically an alcoholic. He has. There's a scene where he's he has a corrections one beer. officer, clearly, which is you see by his uniform. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Also he has one beer he, and one scene. Yep. And then I think he has like another a couple scene chase, where he has like a, a few beers, yeah. like at least enough to rattle on the Maybe ground. Maybe she drives him a drink. All of her God, you drink. drive me to drink with that. <laughs> <laughs> but that it's interesting how you in, don't drive me to drink. Aw, but uh, <laughs> but um, it's interesting how with the sec like the third relationship, it is rapid because she gets rid of him and really the only quickly. Thing that I'm trying yeah. to say is yeah. That, or at least that's the perspective. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't even get to see what really... So, so you don't even really get... He you don't even know why they get divorced. Yeah, you don't. You don't really know. They don't up. really seem to have, like, any problems or uh-huh. really any anything. You see them talk and then it's they're like in a relationship. It's, like, right after... Ooh. Right after then, he comes in and he's like, well, I'm here, your dad's not here. Yeah. Actually, and they, then after that scene, you don't see him but anymore. The, but the well, difference is mm. that Mason has actual, like... So there's a... Mm. After the scene... In the previous relationship, where Mason is like talking about the professor husband, and he's yeah. like, "Why'd you even marry that guy? Like he sucks. Like yeah. he's rude." Blah, blah blah. 
after that scene is where the big blow up happens. And before that, you see all of the different kind of things that are bad in that relationship. Mm -hmm. But in the soldier guy relationship, you don't really get to see the bad chemistry behind them. There is one. You get to see, you get to kind of assume that the house poor thing. They have like no chemistry. I mean, you, you see, there's a point on Mason's birthday where their dad comes and picks him up. Mm -hmm. um, And the soldier guy comes out and is like, Talking to the dad, and the dad's like, oh, thanks for getting him that camera. He loves it, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, just a like, cool thing. They yeah. have a good relationship. Yeah, it seems like, oh, my God, it's actually cordial. Yeah. Yeah. And then as they're driving off, the mom and the soldier guy are standing next to each other, and then the van drives off, and they just go their separate ways. Like, they don't have – you really don't see any interaction between the mom and the soldier boyfriend at all. Yeah. Except for the first – Time they meet, you yeah, don't you see don't, you any see interaction. There's, interaction. There's also one instance where when the soldier boy gives a comment about, I know it's funny. I have to keep calling soldier. Boy. <laughs> so I was trying to say soldier guy. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps giving the comment about Mason's fingernails. Mm-hmm. There's a point where the mom interjects and says, "Hey, can you go grab your know, sister yeah. like some water?" And I was like, "I know what that was. I like I saw that. Yeah, I saw that right there. Yeah. So that was one of the first instances where she was like becoming. But I guess like, more so what like, I'm saying is like, there's yeah. n- there's not really besides uh, slighted comments towards his stepson. Let's assume they're married, right? Besides mm, comments mm-hmm. at the stepson, which mind you are inconsiderate and. A, like bigot comments, mm-hmm. like they're not the worst thing that you could ever hear, right? Like it, they're hurtful and rude yeah. and mean and not okay, especially in our in our modern sensibilities, like right. twenty twenty three sensibilities, right? But we don't get to see the level of toxic relationship towards either the relationship or the kids, like we got to see in the previous one. It just yeah. kind of happens, and I think part of what but that this is could... genuine. Well, what I was gonna say is, uh-huh. I think part of what that is is because they are older, they are out of the house. Yeah, okay, so a my point, point of yeah. view is, it could also <clears throat> just go to show like the mom's growth. Like, oh yeah, once you go through an abusive, toxic relationship, I think it is easier for you to cut off. Oh yeah, another one that you have in the future. Oh yeah, you see the signs early on. You already like, and it could have been, yeah. it could have been part of that that she yeah. saw the signs early on and she mm-hmm. cut it off because. She even leaves this relationship, marriage, whatever it is, with the house. Yeah. He doesn't get the house. Yeah. She gets the house. Versus the first one, she didn't get the house. She left with nothing on her back. Wait. Yeah. It sounds like say the question. Was it the same house or was it a different house? It was the same house. It was the same house? Okay. Mm-hmm. So okay. in that house, though, it does touch to one of, before anyone cuts me off, one of the only, <laughs> one of the only issues... One of the only issues that I really have with this movie, we've been kind of glowing over it. I think it's really special and it's great. But one of the only issues, and it, mind you, doesn't ruin the movie for me or anything, (laughs) but something that did stand out that didn't really work for me, although I understand why it's there, is related (laughs) to that house. And it's when we're introduced to Ernesto, who is the guy that is fixing the sewage line on the outside. Yeah. So basically his arc in the movie is he is... It's assumed like an immigrant coming into work, right? He doesn't speak English super, super well. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm. he is replacing their broken sewer line on the outside. And he's talking to the mom. And the mom has a very brief encounter where she's like, you should go to college. And he's like, oh, I want to, but I like, I can't. It's too expensive. And she's like, go to night, go to night college. And mm-hmm. then that's it. Like, that's kind of the whole thing. At the end of the movie, now as they're all older, he is a waiter. Or no, the owner of the restaurant. He's a manager. The, yeah. Manager. Owner, he's manager, manager of the yeah. restaurant. Yeah, he's a manager. He's yeah. a manager of the restaurant uh, that they eat dinner at. And he comes over 
and he's like, oh, your mom is a very special lady. Like, she convinced me to go to college. Ooh, and, that's funny. Yeah. And, um, like, she's very special. Like, I'm really appreciative. She changed my entire life, blah, blah, blah. I understand that that works to kind <clears throat> of fulfill the mother's arc in that she is putting, she she's looking to make change in the world, and you don't really get to see it. And then you get to see it, like, he comes over. And you can see it reflect in her face, too. There's, like, a brief moment where she kind of smiles and, like, is reflective yeah. on she's it. She's like, yay! It doesn't really, me personally, it didn't really work. It felt kind of, like, hammed into the story that was already happening. And Taylor is pointing fingers and has something to say. So that scene fulfilled, I feel like this, like, the, certain scenes fulfill multiple things, at least with this movie from what I'm seeing. But this scene in particular... This is a way of showcasing how, instead of her just being a mom, this is an example of how she is portrayed as someone other than a mom. So this is one of another scene that happens early in the movie. So this is during, the other scene that pops up is during the college party that happens at their place. Is when it Thanksgiving. Is it Thanksgiving? Yeah, oh, okay. Th- they're doing like Such a Thanksgiving. Such a weird thing. I would never do that. Fair. Okay. But uh, <laughs> but Mason is talking to one of the college students, and she mentions, like, oh, yeah, like, your mom is not only incredibly smart, but she also makes the topic like, or the subject incredibly fun. She's actually one of my favorite teachers. Again, creating – because oftentimes when we think of our parents, we think of them in a particular mm-hmm. way. But when we hear you it from another – You don't see what they're uh, yeah, like. Exactly. From an outside's perspective. So this was an example of seeing that, a, a child seeing someone else's perspective of their yeah, parent. And, for sure. And, and it fulfills her an arc for her, too, where she, exactly. she had just previously had the conversation about feeling like there was a series of moments that she wasn't, like, it's kind of come and gone. There's not that lasting impact. Oh, my God, you're absolutely right. But it's the impact See, you have on other people liked, that's not always revealed. I liked it. Yeah. It felt, yeah, again, this is just a me thing. I don't yeah. necessarily yeah. think that it, it's for everyone else, but I, I, like, for me, it felt... So as soon as that scene happened, mm. it is one of the only scenes that includes like a super, super, superfluous extra character. And immediately when it happened, I internally kind of rolled my eyes and I was like, okay, we're, this is going to pay off at some point, right? Like this is, right. it felt in the kind of streamline of the story. Like the only thing like that felt like a movie a, cliche or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it served a purpose. Um, it also felt like, again, just for me, I, I know for mm. you guys it worked better, but for me, it, it also felt like pretty cliche, like all the time I think about at work and, and maybe not just me, but I think about all the encounters people have all the time where someone's like, you should go to school and like how that, yeah. it just seems very, for how realistic the movie is and how much it takes things very seriously and the writing and all those things, it feels very contrived. Yeah. Like but you got to think about the fact that like, I, I think a lot of people where, like, you need to go to school, you need to go to school to have a career. Like, up until just recently. Yeah. I think people are a little more progressive in the fact that they don't think that you need to have school. Oh, also, she noted to go to community college, which is a lot more, like, affordable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm... I think, like, during that time, what year do we think that was? Probably 2008. 2008. Yeah, it was manageable. People were more on board with, like, you need to be... Going to college. Well, that's yeah. I, I honestly <clears throat> feel like that's still something that we talk about to today. Oh, I, for sure. Still like a but, modern, but not as much. Like I do think mm. there are people that are a little more like it's a bit more. I think maybe now, it's a little bit more. It's a little bit more. I still think it's a big part of the dialogue. Is like you go to high school, then you go to college. Well, n- especially with oh, like for now, sure. Like but I do think being that a conversation it is, that they're trying to have. It is a little more like it is more acceptable if like 
if you don't need to go to school and well, you can get a career. Yeah, you can go to like, 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 in the, I think yeah. in the age of like the influencer, which is like what we're in right now, yeah. it is showing that you don't have to go to college to make a living. So I think in that regard, that's true. But I'm more so not even speaking about the truth behind what she's saying or just the, how the it's interjecting the story capsule of it or like the time that it's in or anything. I mean, I'm just, just more just so think about you. Of, like there was a job that you had recently got that required a degree and you didn't have the degree for it and you still got the job. I'm like, not saying that there's not, there are, it is a little more acceptable to not ha- like go to college. What's the point you're making? I'm just saying like, Ah, at, I don't know. So, so wait, 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 wait. So maybe, maybe the idea is like at the time in like, which this happened. You were yeah. saying that she was bringing up that he needed to go to college, yeah. and you didn't like appreciate. No, that. no, no, like, no, no. You're, I think you're missing my point. I'm not saying that that what she said is not true. I'm not. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm. Mm. I think you're missing the point that I'm trying to make. I'm not saying that that isn't good advice or anything. I'm not saying that that isn't realistic advice either. More so, what I'm saying is it felt in the movie. In the context of the movie, very kind of forced, maybe a bit contrived, kind of cliche, especially in the payoff. In that, mm-hmm. but what about like it? But what about shot. it was? Did you feel it was cliche? It is the conversation in that moment did not feel cliche. It is a moment that is isolated from the rest of what's happening in the movie. In that, like. Kind of the movie is about Mason and Sam, and then all of a sudden it stops really quick to show this moment with the mom and this landscape worker, um, for which feels very isolated from the rest of the story. In that, it, as an audience member, I immediately was able to tee onto. Okay, yeah. This is so the this, so we're okay, all going to pay off somewhere. So where I'll agree with you on this scene is. I don't think the payoff was bad. I don't think the comment was bad. I'm not saying the comment was bad. Or that it was forced or whatever. I mean, I shouldn't say it was forced because what I'm about to say makes it sound forced. What I will say is there was not a whole lot of dialogue that we saw between the mom and the worker that would make her say, oh, you're really smart. You should go to school. Oh, uh, yeah. So there's that, that is the only thing yeah. that I'll agree yeah. with. So there's, so there's, that's part of it. It was rushed, it yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah that's, that's part of it for me. But yeah. also, the movie is about, I mean, yes, it's about the, the parents as well. But, like, it is prior, the priority is Mason and then kind of, like, his surroundings throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of the first major scene, and it's not even major, it's pretty brief. But the first scene that feels very different to the rest of how the movie had been going and that all of a sudden we get to see this somewhat meaningless, although we know it pays off in the end, meaningless interaction between a landscaper and the mother. And it's like a satellite moment. Different, yeah. yeah. With how different it feels to everything else that's happened so far as an audience member, I was immediately able to go, okay, this is going to come into effect somewhere, somewhere later. Mm. And what I'm saying is that, <clears throat> Where it comes into effect feels, to me again, I'm not saying it's not, you know, not saying I'm the the person that has the full opinion here, but right, right. more so that what I'm saying is that how it pays off didn't work for me. I felt like it was like, like it wasn't didn't, enough it didn't, payoff. Everything feels so real. Like we've just talked this and morning. authentic. Everything yeah, feels so real and so authentic. Like I've had these conversations. This is the one part that feels like she like in. Is one person in your life that maybe said something to you that wasn't like anything crazy, but like really stuck with you and has made you the person that you are today? 
I don't know. I think that there's people that have that have. I made think that he's prob. I think that she is probably it's like the an, equivalent yeah, to yeah. the teacher in the dark room. But you don't for, get a payoff for that, and that yeah, would have felt more I mean, authentic because it's, it's Mason. It's Mason that lives that, but yeah. it's it's the mother in this, and I'm not. And more, but more so, what I'm saying is that I think. But Mason, I don't feel like those interactions actually have like. Basically, what yeah. happens is after after this conversation, years later, he is now the manager of a restaurant, and he makes a point to like he sees the the mom and Mason and Sam sitting at dinner, and he makes a point to like walk over as a manager. He's like, "Hey, I'm the manager of this place, and I just want to let you know, five years ago when you had that conversation with me, that's what kicked me in the butt to make me step up and go to college, and now look at me, I'm successful, and I'm gonna buy your dinner." That doesn't happen. That's not real life. That doesn't happen. Uh, it doesn't uh, happen. Not sorry, like not. there have been instances where some things I like that it, have ha- actually kind of like happened. I think it goes so, yeah. to show I, like it, how some it how some felt, people can really affect people's lives. Yeah, some yeah, people I mean, can I'm, have a different impact on yeah, people's lives compared totally to others for sure. Felt again to me, and neither of you have to agree to me. Felt very forced and strange. I think a better, no, I can get what I you mean by that. I see what you mean. Yeah, better thing would have been like. Again, like, even a landscape worker wouldn't have been, like, it would have been better for me to have been, like, if she had, a better scene would have been, like, you know, when she moved in with her friend, mm-hmm. when, when after yeah. that bad relationship. Yeah. If there was, like, a brief scene where she, like, helped the, the daughter of the friend when they yeah. homework or something. Wow, and then later on. cats off, everywhere. Oh, your hands <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I really do think that, like, you know, if she, like, helped her with their homework and been like go to college and then later on the kid went to college and had a graduation like something yeah, that I felt like, more that, like, it's like, like it's investment like random, yeah it's like can you imagine if at well GCI that's, why, one that's day, why i'm saying like i agree with you and the aspect that there wasn't there wasn't enough but relationship you're really smart them. why because he's telling you that the pipe is stronger yeah. than the other pipe <laughs> yeah. like it doesn't really make sense and like Fair. think about think about like our lives any of like any of our jobs yeah where like you have a run-in with somebody and i'm not talking like a friend i'm talking a complete stranger where you're like hey, um, I like the color green on you. And then all of a sudden they come back in five years and they're like, I'm a fashion guy and I made green clothing lines but that's because of you. That doesn't happen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know what you're talking that's about. A, that happens just, to me every day. I'm sorry, that's such a ludicrous idea, but I get what you mean. But it is. Like in, but what I'm saying, in a vacuum, that is ludicrous. He's like a landscape worker that's replacing your pipe and she's like, and again, it's not like she had a profound, I didn't feel like, had a profound moment where she was so, like, so, listen, you should, it's a, she's literally walking the other way. She's like, you should go to community college. So, she walks well, away and then all of a sudden he's like, you know, I'm the manager. You changed my life. I'm buying, whatever you want, I'm buying. Just so, be proud for him. So, you know what, you know what? It so, just I, feels, I, in, with, with how real this movie feels, that felt not real. No, I understand. So, Oliver. when you watch enough movies or just seen, or like, consumed enough stories in general, you can see when certain story mechanics are introduced that, yeah, you saw that shit. Shoehorn. solely to yeah, tell and, a story, and that's like... And that is... I get what Oliver's saying, where that's an example where it was shoehorned in. I understand from the writing standpoint what it was trying to do for the sake of the characters. I get it. I do too. But I see what I you mean it. by it could have been done better. Objective, I get that. I get that, yeah. I do, it could have been done better. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah, that yeah, is, yeah. That's all I'm saying. But I'm not like, saying I hated that. Well, I'm not even. I'm not even really saying I. Hate it was it just like a, a small saying, like, like thorn to pop. Like in a movie that that I feel like feels so real. It yeah. feels like you're almost just watching a documentary. Oh yeah. And a movie that feels so real that felt very not real. Yeah. But I understand why it exists. I understand that it exists for a couple different reasons. I do see it. I I, I get it. That's why when I started this tangent, I was like, 
hey, I, I, I know what this was doing. It just didn't work for me. Yeah, and one thing I do want to note that the, this was the second thing that came out as a result of the scene. He makes a line that I feel like we've all experienced to some degree or another, and this will be explained in just a moment. So he mentions to the kids, you should listen to her. She's very smart. Mm-hmm. That comment is parallel to what happens early in the film when the two boys walk into the liquor store because the dad mm-hmm. is trying to get a cash yeah. advance, and the guy behind the counter is like, yo, you should take care of your dad. You only get one. Those random small little comments that pop up from people that happen randomly throughout life, whether it's the clerk behind the counter, someone that had an interaction with the parent, or whatever the case may be. Yes, I get it that they are taking it from their perspective. Again, perspective comes into play. But they're not recognizing the experiences of the individuals that are involved in the circumstance that they are in right there. For whatever reason, that stuck out for me. Where I was like, I feel that. Because I've just seen that happen yeah. and experienced that so many times. Where it's those little comments where it's like, I get what you're saying, but you're not in this. Well, yeah. All right. I have a question, though. Yeah. It's totally off topic. No, it's fine. Maybe not. You brought up cash advances. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that actually a thing. Like you write a check and you get... Like, apparently, mean, it must have been. I don't really think so. I, don't I, really think, think, it, I so. think it definitely used to be a thing. Yeah, but also... But also but is that, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that also, still this was, a thing? No, I don't think so, but to be fair, Wait. this is also like his local liquor store that it's clear that he goes to all the time because he literally looks out the window and he's like, I know that guy. Yeah. That's your dad. <laughs> like, he goes to all the time, so like... I kind of thought of it more yeah. as like I kind of thought of it Can more as like. Can you imagine somebody though. walking into our work and just being like, "Here's a five hundred dollar check. Give me five hundred dollars." Be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. No, only that, but he even said like, "I can't even read this shit." What the fuck? We should probably start dialing back. We're at an hour and forty, but I do want to bring up something that Shannon noticed. I want to bring. Oh yes! Oh shit! Please talk about this. What? What's up? I already know what he's gonna talk about because I. I noticed it, and Oliver didn't notice it, and I was very proud of myself. <laughs> so in the end, okay. Mason meets a girl. Yes. Do you remember her name? Fuck, I remember her name. Like, Nicole. Nicole. Oh, Nicole. <laughs> and I looked over at Oliver, and I was like, is that the same Nicole from his first grade? Or Oh. So when he sh- got his head shaved... He was passed a note by a girl named Nicole. I think Nicole. her looks cool. I think it's uh, K-E-W, Nicole. And Oliver's like, her name wasn't Nicole. I was like, yes, it was. Oh, that's so sweet. So I think, I don't know if I said it wasn't. I said, was it? I think was that was it? more. Immediately when she said her name was Nicole, I was like, oh, it's Nicole. But uh, um, it's not. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Like, totally different character <laughs> named Nicole. But that's kind of cool. No, nothing crazy about that. Right. I just, it was like something that I had picked up on. And it's a mm. topic on the internet. From everybody because a lot of people Nicoles. did. It is two yeah, different Nicole's. Well, oh, yeah. So both of their names are Nicole. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knows if it's supposed to be the actual Nicole from his first grade class. It. Um, it's not the same actress. So yeah. that's kind of why people are led to believe that it's not, not the same Nicole. Yeah. But I did find that although interesting. Maybe there's, although maybe there's parallels between, you know, the Nicole in the first grade class made him feel good in a moment of him not feeling good. Oh, and, and now this Nicole is kind of helping chance. him like like transition and ease into this new that's stage in life. That's a good yeah. point. Even the movie itself is introducing different ways to perceiving the experience of life. Of like, how do you deal with this shit? And even the very last lines of the film, it's like, you know, that aspect of a, you got to seize the moment. Maybe it's the reverse. The moment seizes you. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's fair. 
think that yeah, that's, that's kind, kind of, of like reflective of the movie as well. It's oh yeah, of, like like I oh uh, yeah earlier, yeah. It's a bunch of moments that don't necessarily feel like mm. they would like resonate. Huge moment, like something yeah. that something like that clicked to me immediately was that we didn't get to see the graduation like we talked about already. Yeah. right. You get to see post, but then another thing is that. He's driving this, uh, like, I, I want to say it's an old Toyota pickup truck, a blue Toyota pickup It's a beater truck. with a heater. Yeah, but when he's driving it to college, it has a major dent in the front of it. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, yeah. I noticed a, it. Yeah. But it's like, you would think a car accident would be something that you would, There's like, so many things. Well, what if it just, like, he, he got talks, it because like, of his, that? Yeah. His no, no, sister, it didn't. When he had it, it Oh, yeah, you're right. You might be right. Yeah, yeah. And his then, sister talks about how he, like, failed first grade. Like, you think that would be a big thing. Like, there's he so doesn't give a shit. There's so many different things that, like, are big air quote milestones yeah. that you don't see. Shannon also thinks that Sam is pregnant at the end of it. I did. I don't remember why. Wait, what? We didn't she's get not... to that part, but she wasn't like drinking or she yeah. was acting weird and acting she's like she was sick. And I was like, sick, she's pregnant. Yeah. She's fucking pregnant. How much you want to bet that she wasn't pregnant? Well, so, was actually, it's like, you don't, we don't know for sure. Actually, it's, 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 you're, we're seeing the entire movie through the perspective of Mason. Yeah. Um, and then you're only seeing chunks and, and bits of but she wasn't pregnant because when I at least from when I had thought she was it jumps forward like months and mm. she they like get back together you know what's funny get too get together and go have oh. breakfast and you know what's funny too is that there's a point in the green but room that's scene where Ernesto comes in and she's not drinking or something she says I'm not feeling well and the mom is like are you pregnant and yeah but like, I think no, you see pregnant. her oh, does she ask if she's pregnant yeah Wait, and that's why does you were, she? Yeah, and that's and that's why you. Were I like, thought she was. No, I thought no. it was a joke. It's like, oh, I'm not pre- like something like that. No, so yeah, I thought so, she was pregnant at the graduation party. No, so you thought so you thought she was pregnant earlier before you finished your thought. Taylor, yeah, but she thought she was pregnant earlier, but then they go to dinner where Ernesto comes over and is like, oh, hey, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and fucking but, hates yeah. Ernesto yeah. apparently. I thought it was pretty dumb, but. but I, <laughs> But at that at that scene is where um, oh she's God. like, I'm I've been really sick, like nauseous recently or something. Like that. Do we then, see her again though? And I thought that was a joke. Like she's like, you be, like no, because then he's at college, and I don't think you see. Oh. No, no. Oh, I'm I'm now remembering the scene. She mentions that she's not hungry. I thought it was because she was just upset about the whole situation. No, it was something. But I, I feel like we see her again because I was like, oh, she's obviously not pregnant. She was like. Did you have like a? Did you party too much? And she said something like no. And like, are you pregnant? And then she was like, yeah, I'm pregnant, mom. And then and then she, a mom like, like like gives a look like, like no, no, she's not pregnant. Like, well, yeah, that's what I thought. I thought the reason why she said that she wasn't hungry is because they just had this like conversation about how they're not going to be maintaining the house they were living in. And again, she doesn't like change, so she wasn't hungry because emotionally she's just like I think not- there's just enough. God, this podcast is going to be a fucking mess to understand. Yeah. Everyone, <laughs> if you've gotten this far, I hope you watch the. Hey, movie. we're about like two drinks in, so uh, I we're thought getting... you were thinking though. Oh yeah, um, yes, uh, it was just a little tidbit. So you mentioned how there was a point where Sam wasn't drinking. There's actually another point in the green room at the very beginning of the scene where the dad offers Mason a drink, but he chooses not to, and he just grabs water. And funny enough, throughout the course of like end of middle school, definitely throughout high school, he was drinking. But I think after he reached a point, after especially dealing with the abuse of dads, yeah. he was like, you know what? Fuck alcohol. I'm just going to drink water. Yeah. And it's well, like, I think when you hmm. deal with an alcoholic parent, you oh, probably yeah. are not interested in alcohol. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for uh, sure. Another thing that I appreciate about this movie, and then we can start wrapping up. <laughs> I feel like we can go on <laughs> forever. <laughs> no, right? But, but something that I thought was cool was that, you know, uh, 
it's clear that Mason is into photography. It's clear oh, yeah. he's got an eye for it, right? Mm. Uh, he spends all the time in the, the dark room. The and dark that's when, like, room. The teacher comes and talks to him about, like, oh, you need to do all these things. And yeah. Whatever. Mason thinks he's got. He actually got a scholarship for it. Yeah. He also got second place, which I thought was, like, a great little m- moment. Because oh, specifically yeah. because, like, you would think, like, you know, in your classic movie trope, it would be like, oh, he's first place and he's going to, like, succeed with photography. Fuck no. In reality. No, he got second place. Yeah. And all in the photo that got him second place is a photo of his ex-girlfriend. But which that, I that like, feels more like movie-esque. But also reality, really? too. I feel like second place feels more realistic. No, no, no. Yeah. Not, not the fact he got second place, but the fact that the photo of his girlfriend was the one that got him even in second place. That feels more movie-esque. It but it like kind of feels like reality, too. same week that they broke up. Yeah, but also, I mean, too, didn't he say, like, what was actually, it? Actually, no, I think they were already broken up. Yeah, they were already broken up. But didn't he say to his dad, like, what was it? You got, like, first place? No, second place. And I got second place with a bunch of other motherfuckers. And I was like... Huh. I just thought that that was but, like a cool. Yeah. Like, you know, no, no, it, it was great. It was great. Glamor- it, it's very much not glamorizing the like. Oh, oh for you sure. Are, you, yeah. You're unique. You're a snowflake, dude. You're, you're just like, like everybody else. Like everybody else. You just like dude. inched like, up a little bit, yeah. but you still got shit to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I thought that was cool. I want to ask one question before we wrap it up. Yeah. Because it's something that was on my mind while I was watching this. Of course. Do you like Mason? What? And think about that. Do you like like Do you like Mason? Do you think that he is a and think about this, like, genuinely. Just think about, like, do you think that he is a... So you want my you, honest opinion? Yeah, I do. I want your honest opinion. Watching this movie, I do like Mason. If... It's going to sound really... Yeah, I know. I have a like, feeling I know what you're going to say. But... I think I know what you're about to say. Mason... If I grew up with Mason, I probably wouldn't have liked Mason. If you grew up with him, like, what do you mean? Like, as like, a friend? In or in real like, life, Shane, if he was, like, the kid in my classroom, I probably wouldn't have hung Shane out Shannon was him. a mean girl. I was not a mean yeah, girl. Wait, no, like, okay, at which stage? Like, are you talking about <laughs> elementary, middle school, high school, all probably throughout? Probably all of it. Damn. Honestly, you know what's funny? I'm not going to say his name because... Oh, oh boy. He probably no. You probably haven't talked. No to one him listens. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. You say that, like, a year from now? Like, we got listeners. and Oh, well, shit. I've talked since, like, third grade. But he looks exactly like this kid I went to school with. Oh, shit. And I fucking hated this oh kid. Oh, my I literally God. <laughs> I got detention for punching this kid in the face. Holy shit. Wait, wait, wait. Did you actually, like, like how hard? Like, it was just like a bop or oh, like I a hard co- Damn! Why'd you punch so this kid? Dude. He tripped me in the hallway, so oh. he fucking deserved it. But, like, he looks exactly <laughs> like him. And after me and Oliver watched this movie, Ooh. I wanted to go. <laughs> I'm this kid on social so media. You, you, but back to my question. So that answers your question. You like Mason in this movie. You like Mason in this movie, but you, you think like in real life as a person you wouldn't really. I probably do. wouldn't have hung out with him. Yeah, you should punch him in the face. He was a terrible kid. He literally, like, we were going around in elementary school, like, hanging. I know, stapling our, like, uh, artwork to the hallway thing. Uh-huh. I don't even know. And he stapled his hand and told the teacher. Oh, God! He straight up stapled his hand and told the teacher that I did it. What? Wow, that's a There's a weird he parallel was... between this and what you did to your older brother, though. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I just admitted in the beginning of this podcast that you just, like, would throw oh, pillows. Oh, God. And then... my, okay, my brother was horrible. He deserved a little bit of and getting in trouble for not doing okay. anything. Okay, Taylor. Fair enough. <laughs> do, you, do you like Mason as like this as the main character? I think we know where Oliver's gonna say. So. Honestly, oh, I don't think you do. Yeah, honestly, to me, Mason just seems like 
a typical kid just trying to figure out life. He doesn't strike me as anyone that's like bad. Like I don't see him as someone that I would deem as unworthy of consideration. He actually seems like a decent person. He has an artistic skill. He actually has this openness about him where he is wanting to understand, explore the world. He's gone through some fucking shit. So he's trying to navigate in his own way. And I bet when he reaches his early twenties, he's going to be a pretty decent man. So he seems like a decent person. I think for his high school self, he's like very mature in the aspect that he can like see how social media is dangerous. Can he can be like, what is the point of all this? If I'm not doing, Oh boy. I think that he, thinks i think that he also knows or thinks that he's very aware oh yeah like i think that he's definitely so so one of the things i saw online like reading about this movie is that people don't like mason like there's a level of him that they don't like and i was thinking about that and whereas i do like his character i do i can definitely understand why people wouldn't because i think he does come across as as many kids do as a bit of like pretentious like knowing better than other people around yeah. him. Right. And that's, again, that's like just growing up. Like you feel that. Like, right. Right. So I think that that's authentic to growing up. But I I definitely think that I could see how people wouldn't like him, which right. is why I wanted to pose the question. Well, to well that's kind of why I was saying, like, yeah. gr- like in real a, life, a, if I grew up with him and like I had somebody sitting there saying all those things to me, I'd probably be annoyed too. Yeah. But. And as much as I'm a social media lover and I'm always on it, even Oliver puts in my ear how <laughs> social media is bad. Um, I can, I understand it. Like it is, it is pretty sad that like the ding on our phone gives us dopamine. It right. is pretty sad that like everything you see on social media is my picture perfect moments. Like that is sad. It's sad that like we, even Mason mm-hmm. grew up in this time where you went outside and you had fun and you right. like did all these things and kids don't do that nowadays. Like it is sad. Yeah. And even to that point, he, he's not exactly wrong with the points that he's making. It's just yeah. the problem is that. No, I, I think it, it's his approach. Oh yeah. That's the biggest thing is his approach. And to me, I've always perceived it as this is just a normal thing that a young adult's going to go through or a teenager going to a young right. adult and he's going to grow out of it or it's going to evolve or whatever the case may be. But this is something that I deem as natural. Like, <clears throat> It's like, I guess, modern days is edgelord, but back in the day it was like the emo kid or goth what kid. Like, edgelord so an edgelord would be like somebody that that like uh, tries really hard or like attempts to be like on the fringe of society and all things. Like, like is it oh, the same like, as a doomer? Like the opposite really of no. like, yeah, like oh you like that? Oh I don't like. That. Uh, okay. Oh you. Okay, love yeah, yeah, absolutely right. It's not the same I as doomer. Game. That would be like totally. It's like anti-mainstream. There we go. It's anti-mainstream. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, like anti-mainstream would be like an easier way to to say that. So I think like whereas I like Mason as our main character because I understand where he's coming from and I get that we're kind of seeing it. There's part of me as well that's like, this kid fucking sucks in his own way. Like in his own way that every kid kind of. Hell, even uh, Sheena even expressed this. I was, <laughs> but no, Sheena even expressed this as the reason why they broke up. Yeah. Yeah. Is that so he's so doom and gloom. You're yeah. so cynical about everything. Well, I think the other thing about this film, I'm going to hit perspective again, because this is one of the things that as we're talking about this, we are noting that if we like hung out with Mason or knew him in school, he would have fucking sucked. Right. But because we have followed well, this maybe backstory, maybe, maybe. But because we follow this backstory, we understand his life much more extensively. 
it's something where we're like, oh, we under. But another interesting perspective. We get to better understand where he's but coming the, from. The inverse of it, though, is that because we're only in his perspective, we do get kind of a different glimpse into it where we can sympathize with him. We can understand where he's coming from. You're saying, like, more of a bias view? But I'm saying we don't get to see the impact he has in other people's lives. Like, we don't get to see how yeah. he interacts with other people. Like, for that's example, true. like, a great moment, a, a moment that's, like, you know, funny, but also, like, kind of true is is when the manager comes out and is like, I got you for fried cookies. Oh, my <laughs> fucking God. He brings up a good point where, like, you know, maybe, yeah. like, the only thing I can think of is, like, me as a manager, right? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm a manager at my job, and I can only think of, like, you know, you're you're slammed busy or something, right? Yeah. And and then you see an employee who's just talking to another employee eating. I don't work in the restaurant industry, but like right. you know, basically Left. Mason is eating a customer's leftover food and talking to an employee, mm-hmm. and kind of casually walking around, and then goes and like puts the dishes. You're in not there. working. And then, and then yeah, yeah. The manager, like I can only imagine again from the perspective of that. You're you're fucking slammed. He's like, I've got a bunch of tables that need all these things. We're super busy. There's a bunch of tables that need to be cleared, and you're just like over here talking and like chit chatting. And Mason's like, Well, I'm working really hard. I can only think about how like, as a boss, that would be frustrating, and how Mason doesn't get it because he's not. Wait, in what, that so what if? I, again, I'm playing really hardcore devil's advocate to a degree, but I also kind of can see and set myself into the team. I guess the point that I'm making is like. <laughs> You only see Mason's perspective, so we don't get to see whether or not he is working really hard. Right. Or, like, well, whether or not he is doing all the things yeah. You actually do kind That's of see a reflection point. of it in the follow-up, because if the manager really didn't like his ass, he would have just, like, swatted away. But he comes at his graduation, yeah. and he's like, all right, kid, I worked with you for a couple years. You're a fucking kid, but you're actually pretty decent, and if you need anything, I got you back. Yeah. And it's like, he But that's also did, a few years later. We don't know that he didn't grow into that, too. Like... What do you mean? I'm saying, like, we don't know that when he had the first conversation to when he graduated, if he didn't become a better employee. Or well, he must have because the dude followed yeah, up. Yeah, but what I'm saying is we don't know that in that moment when he was having the moment of being slammed and being kind of lazy. Oh, you're saying that if... Whether that was okay, true or not. Right, and like, we didn't know the potential of what happened. I guess yeah. the only point that I'm saying is, like, yeah. because we're in Mason's perspective the entire time, we yeah. don't get to see whether or not what he is telling us as the audience is true. Oh, is he, is he like really, the bias narrative type of yeah, situation? Is yeah. he really working super hard for these things? Is he really taking photographs every single weekend? Is he really doing all these things? Like, we don't know. It's mm. from his perspective, so we don't it's know. It's what he's saying versus what we actually see him do. And what, what yeah. the rest of the people in his life see him doing as well. Right. I, okay, I see what And you're so saying. that's the only thing that I do find interesting is, like, yeah. it is kind of the you are in forced perspective of Nathan. Mm-hmm. Mason. Oh, God. Wow, let's get Mason today. Mason. So you don't really get to see whether or not that is accurate. Right. You're like, yeah. you're, you're having to really believe in the authenticity of the character, what the characters are saying, and that and can create really this... You get to see him work hard ever. Right, right. You this never creates... get to see him putting in the work. You just get to see him working on the work or, you know, in right. the middle of it. So you, you kind of have to either... Susp- Bend your belief in a way of like, do you actually trust this character or are you just running along with the ride type of deal? Yeah. yeah. So I'm just going to segue into questions because mm-hmm. I know that we will go on for <laughs> hours about this movie if for I sure. don't. Um, I think this one is more fo- so for Oliver just because I don't know mm. when what was going on when this movie was released or what the marketing Ooh. was like, but was the hype deserved, Oliver? I mean, when it came out, I heard a lot about it. Did you? Because yeah, I did. one yeah. festival circuit. I'll say that. you brought this movie up to me Years either ago. before or after we watched 
the Before trilogy. Yeah. Hell, I and even heard I thought it was movie. a cool concept, but I didn't really care to watch it, which is funny to look back on. I shouldn't say it, but I'm going to say it. I probably should trust Oliver's input a little bit more. It's recorded here, folks. Holy shit. Never will say that again. But That's why it's recorded. <laughs> yeah. I like. I thought it was a cool concept, but didn't really have the desire to watch it. Yeah. And, I mean, if you can't tell, I love this movie. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So tell so me, tell me about that. Do you feel like, are you asking me like, do you feel like the hype was deserved? There, was there a lot of hype for this movie? Yeah, I mean, it, when it came out, it was, especially, like, the 12-year the thing was huge. Mm-hmm. Like, it came out in 2014, and the fact that this was filmed over 12 years, and Richard Linklater is infamous for not making that many movies, because yeah. he, he's obviously working on them for a super long time every single time he makes them. Um, oh, fair, fair. Yeah, I mean, it did come out, and it did come out to a lot of a praise. I mean, it got a Criterion release. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, that being said, me personally, like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. I do get it. I I think it's bigger than just the niche of being the twelve year thing, like that's not its whole identity. It's, mm-hmm. it's something better than that. Yeah. One thing that I was like looking at when we started this movie because I knew it was filmed in twelve years or over the span of twelve years is like is the quality of the filming going to change? Ooh. And I was like really mm. trying to pay attention to that because mm-hmm. 12 years doesn't maybe <clears throat> seem like a long time, mm-hmm. but it is a long time for a movie to be filmed. Yeah. And a lot of things change over the course, course of 12 years yep. for technology. Mm-hmm. And he did a really good job. It was, I think technology changes, but the person behind the camera did not. You know yeah. what's funny? My, I, think that, but, I think that he had the same eye. Yeah, the he thing. definitely did very well of making this movie. I mean, that's it's, really all I can say. It's also gorgeous. I feel like the color mm-hmm. palettes, like I feel like the mm-hmm. way that the cinematography, like I think it's it's really pretty, especially the closing shot with the sunset and, and mm-hmm. the like, what is it? It's Texas. Is it Texas or? I no, think Colorado. I think it's Colorado. Are they in Colorado by then? I thought they were still in Texas. Anyways, it's this canyon. I think they were still in Texas. Yeah. Were they? They're still in Texas. Um, It's like this, it's this this Texas um, canyon, and it's like a sunset over it, and I think it's Mm -hmm. like gorgeous. Like, Mm -hmm. it's a really good-looking movie. So, for whatever silly-ass reason, uh, my immediate thought, when Shannon mentioned the timeline of, like, how long this movie's been, it's like, oh, yeah, there's, like, from Spider-Man 2 all the way up to, like, Posts like Avengers, like in, in terms the of like of this movie, <laughs> Dark Knight came out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, he even mentions like yeah. Pineapple Express, Dark Knight, and Tropic Thunder came yeah. out. Yeah. Well, I just think and, I mean, girl doesn't like any of them. I know. I'm like, damn. <laughs> We've talked about it before on this podcast. Like, I mean, at this point, we all know I, I, I feel strongly about old movies, but yes. apparently I don't because apparently I like old movies. I just it, don't it, ever want to watch them. Um, it also depends on the old movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that was like, that was one of the things that I was like trying to pay attention to. I'm like, is, is the quality of the picture, the sound, mm-hmm. the acting going to change significantly throughout the movie because it was filmed in the span of 12 years? And it didn't. Yeah, no, I think. And it def- I love that. I think it, as I think Oliver was mentioning this earlier, it, speaks more to the stylistic choices of the director mm-hmm. and how they manage the filmmaking process, especially from a cinematography standpoint, the direction and just overall just con- managing the way that the film is just 
captured. So yeah. I think that is reflective more of his style than anything else. Right. Yeah. You can yeah. like see the changes that are happening during that time, mm-hmm. but not in not in like a in your face way. It's yeah. very subtle. No, I mean it flows so seamlessly that you would not you'd be remiss to not even miss moments where they grow up. Yeah, yeah. there was actually mm-hmm. the first point where they moved to Houston. Mm-hmm. Um Oliver pointed out, he's like, oh, gosh, I didn't even notice the jump in time. And I was yeah. like, I didn't either. You actually really have it's to pay pretty, attention to I these jumps in time. Yeah. I also think it's really interesting how you get to just watch how kids shoot up when they get to like. Oh, Dude, gosh. I was like, holy years. shit, this kid's huge. What boys, the fuck? Boys go through puberty. Yeah. Sam kind of hits a point where she like kind of starts, kind of looks like the same. Yeah. Almost like she kind of hits Girls a point. Girls slowly go yeah. through their puberty like when when boys go through puberty, they, he it's changed. Like overnight. I was like, holy Jason shit. Is like from one shot to the next, he's like, oh, oh he's like, holy shit. I think of yeah. Stranger Things when oh, you yeah. watch like kids growing up and going yeah. through puberty because like, it's crazy. oh God. Or, or chapter one to chapter two, same thing. Or yeah. Harry Potter. Nah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Me trying to slide Harry Potter back. This is quickly becoming our longest podcast ever. So oh, for sure. I really sure. do think that we should. I have two more questions before we wrap up. Okay. And I think my first is do you think that everyone would enjoy this movie? Yes. But I think we've already kind of touched on that. So. I don't. Well, no. Uh, yeah, no, no. There is something in this film that. Any person can relate to at some level. I think the majority of people will enjoy this movie. I think that if you want a like an arc, a narrative, a point A to point B, I think that you will not enjoy this movie as much as it is about the journey. It is a quintessential coming of age movie. Like it's coming of age not a is movie like, for everybody, no. but I do think if you think went into it with an open mind, then yeah. you would get something out of this does. movie. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that I think it is for <laughs> most people. Yeah. 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 And then my last question really is just like, what would you rate it? Five out of five. Well, I'm that just... was obvious for Shannon. I knew that that was coming. <laughs> right. That should have been what obvious about... when I started off the podcast. Right. Like, I fucking <laughs> love this movie. Right. This actually is one of the harder ones for me to rate because I'm trying to actually come up with like an internal standard for rating movies these days. So it's definitely higher than four. It's like 4.5 or five, but I feel like. Ugh, you settle on one. It's 4.5. Oh, yeah, the reasons so why I you say... Have been, you've been... Okay. Yeah. I, I want to dive into that really quick. Yes. Because you have been very similar to Shannon, kind of resoundingly positive. I think I'm the only one that's brought up any sort of criticism for Which is it. fair. So what brings you 0. 0.5 stars down for the perfect rating? Because for whatever reason, I recognize that there has to be a level of standard that separates a great movie from a masterpiece, Right. Like, a masterpiece is something that is transcendent. Like, this is shit that needs to be put in a time capsule as this is the best shit of humanity type of deal. This is this really, is really capsule. good. This is a time capsule movie. Yeah, it is literally a quintessential so time fine. capsule movie. have to defend it. Everyone can have different opinions. Fair, fair. This is a time capsule movie. It's great. It's fantastic. Maybe my opinion might change in the future. It should. D- damn. But, <laughs> but is this a great movie? Fuck yes. Is this well acted? Yes. Is this well shot? Yes. It is an amazing movie. Is it timeless, though? We actually just commented of how there's a chance that it may not be as timeless as we would like it to be. It yeah. may not have the same resonance right. as we want it to be because it has so many references that might actually impact its ability to be as visceral or impactful. I, so I that's agree. that yeah. point five where well, it kind of gets fucky. Yeah, I, I was... 
I kind of was juggling between 4.5 and 5 myself for yeah. a while. For similar reasons, um, I think that there are, I think, you know, I touched on it a little bit, but I mm-hmm. think that anytime you kind of get outside of our main cast, mm-hmm. I think acting can get a bit iffy. Like, uh, and, and mind yeah, you, like, yeah, you know, yeah, if, yeah, iffy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for me, and, and I agree with the timelessness part of it too, like I do think, I don't know, I mean, we'd have to see, but I don't know mm-hmm. that this holds up as well for like our kids or our kids' kids and so on. Yeah. yeah. That being said, for me, with the way that it makes me feel, it's a five out of five. It, it's Woo-hoo! rare for me to get a movie that makes me feel like this warm and like euphoric and just like nostalgic, but also like. Just kind of uplifted and Link yeah. Ladder kind of like has that ability. The like before, you felt like about a flag. The, <laughs> the before trilogy does the same thing for me, where it's just yeah. kind of like mm. hopeful. Like it's I mean, like, just like look at like we all got together before we recorded this, mm-hmm. and I, me and Oliver had watched the movie already, and I was just ready to talk. Yeah, about it. yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it took everything in me not to talk about it. I was yeah. just like, ah, I just love this movie. I will say it's definitely one of the more. Like I've been excited to talk about this movie yeah, in particular, yeah. and I bet there's like a lot more that can be said. But this is one of those films where it's definitely worth a watch, and it's definitely worthy of any discussion if or any, exploration. If, not, if if for nothing else than the fact that it's over the course of twelve years, I will say yeah. I'm not a huge like actually purchasing movie person. Oliver is. Mm. I am happy he purchased this movie. And I'm Aww. happy he purchased it in the Criterion Collection. Hey. This is a movie that I would love to have forever. Yeah. And also, I need to check out the documentary, <laughs> too, because that sounds dope as hell. Well, with that being said, we've talked about this movie for probably almost two hours yeah. now. Yeah. And oh, I honestly boy. think it's we could probably go for two hours. It's over two hours? For another two hours. Yeah, it's over two hours. Oh, yeah, shit. Woo! Break records! Let's go! This has been real. This has been fun. This has been baller as hell. <laughs> All right. Well, we're signing I'm off. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. How many drinks? Two. Oh, I'm yeah. on my third. Damn it! Not... How many fucking times? <laughs> I thought at once we might be at the same pace. No! I'm going to help Shannon finish his third one. Fucking shit. What are these? Di- no, it's the sake one. We might have beaten her. Yeah. And also the old fashioned one. No, we, I think we oh, all time. Oh, fuck the old fashioned <laughs> Yeah, that could have been it. Too. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, well, we're signing off. This is Shannon. Oliver. This is Taylor. Peace. Hey, everyone. If you want more Cinema Hangover, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We also post episodes on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. If you have any movie suggestions or questions, drop a comment on any of our social medias. Also, if you have any drink recommendations, be sure to let us know. And again, thank you for listening.